0: Ladies and gentlemen, we back. We're back in the building.
1: I was off the drugs, I was off the drinks, I was off the vibes. Got nothing to hide, I'm with the slide, Don't make
0: me. I missed y'all.
1: Cheek by my side, we wanna That shit is wild.
0: You miss me? Hopefully.
1: It just don't look like this. If you live in carefree, then you probably don't look like us. Damn nigga, let me cook right quick on the beach. Couple niggas, we was cool and It's just about dust, He Never smoked Kush like this. I'm fast, music playing, grinding on me. You know I had to push, right back, reflex, respect. No suspect, shit came late. Goofy niggas missed the sunset. We ain't even give a fuck. Got the backwoods though. Drop both niggas would have been upset. Only hit it two times, cause I know that the paper is more of a speech you can fuck with. Y'all don't know nothing no like shit, about shit, that, don't y'all don't
0: know shit about that, man. Y'all don't know <laughs> nothing about that. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, baby boys, baby girls. Hopefully everyone's been well Hopefully everyone's been washing their fucking hands Brushing their teeth, rinsing their face All of that shit that's required Sanitizing your hands until they're clear and see-through All of that COVID-free, sucker-free as well And I want to introduce you to a guest today This is a person near near and dear to me We go back Like four flats on What's that car? A Cadillac? Yeah Um, A fellow actor, artisan And just overall, real motherfucking dude. This is my brother from another, D. Hill, Daniel Hill, to be specific. And um, you might have seen him, bedridden Chad. (laughs) He was bedridden Chad. And The Resident is, I should say, recurring character. So please check that show out. And um, we also have, he's also known, what, Russ Creek. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? This man gets busy and he gets around and... um, you can look him up and i'll put the uh details uh where you can find him on instagram and that shit later on and also in in the description and a link to some of his work but uh let's just talk to the man the
2: man himself (laughs) daniel yes sir how do you do i'm good man you know trying to you know survive and and thrive in the covid you know it's uh you mean <laughs> the quarantine come up? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the quarantine
3: come up. <laughs>
2: I mean, you know, for, for those listening who, who may not know, I know Trevanti does because, you know, we don't live too far apart from each other in L.A. And, and we're boys, so we, uh, you know, stay in contact. But I, uh, I had a birthday this year, February 9th, and something in me during that time was like, all right, motherfucker, like, you need to, like, really start focusing on your health and, like. Really start, you know, um, just just become the the better you, and and try to reach your you know your peak performance. And so February fifteenth of this year, I, uh, you know, I just got health, you know, started getting healthy, started eating clean, and. I went the first, uh, so basically from February 15th to May 15th, right in the middle of quarantine. (laughs) I started a month before quarantine, then quarantine hit, and I just kept pushing through. But from February 15th to May 15th, I went those three months with uh, no fried food, no sodas, no processed sugars, no medical marijuana, and no alcohol. Just three months straight, like, grinding and then the gym closed and i was like well you know i can't stop now so i just started doing a bunch of hiking and walking and you know and then doing you know the jailhouse type <laughs> workouts from home push-ups <laughs> and shit and then um and so yeah on uh july 21st i think it was it had been 21 weeks and i went to the doctor and i lost 70 pounds in 21 weeks and so that was the last time I weighed. I've probably dropped close to another 10 since then. I did just get back from vacation. So, you know, <laughs> vacation, you always loosen up a little bit. But I was still going ham in the gym every day. But, you know, once a weekend, I would see some friends home, back in Louisville. And so I drank a little bit, ate a little pizza, like, but like, you know, just one day a week, you know. But you know how it is. You, you, you get on this ground and you get in this tunnel of vision and you uh, you get to a point where, like, you know, you don't really want to cheat. It's like when you do, it's kind of like, ah, oh, you know, smack your hand and get back on it. But, yeah, so uh, I just got back from seeing fam and friends in Louisville. I just needed a little break from the L.A. quarantine. And as you know, not many auditions have been coming in because of stuff. When it, when it first hit, a whole bunch of stuff started coming in.
0: Oh, yeah, the whole goo gobba shit. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. people, I think a lot of casting directors and stuff, too, was like, all right, well, we don't have anything particularly to cast right now, but we want to like discover new, new talent. So it was a lot of that kind of stuff, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but yeah, I was, I went, I went home like August 1st, uh, to Louisville and, um, the gym was open. That was really one of the main reasons I went back, but also I just needed a break from the quarantine. And, uh, but yeah, while I was there, um, like a bunch of auditions started coming in and uh some real good shit. And so it looks from what I understand, it looks like um, New Mexico's back to filming, Vancouver, Atlanta, um stuff starting to Thank. Yeah. Thank you all.
0: God <laughs> and The you know, Most High Nunculung,
2: yeah. every and Zeus, <laughs> anyone responsible. <laughs> thank you. And, and you know, I think I think the thing is too that needs to be said. I mean you know, you and I usually think a lot alike, but I think this is just something that I've been thinking of a lot lately is yes, we need to be safe, and yes, we need to you know we've done been needing to get ahead of this
1: done virus. Been <laughs> uh,
2: especially <laughs> since uh, you know I, I don't I, I try not to get into politics, especially on social media. I don't have a problem with anybody who wants to be Republican. That's your right. Like, if you want to choose to do that and that's how you were raised or whatever, that's fine. If you're an extreme liberal and that's what you believe in, that's fine. I don't care. That's your right. I don't care. Just like it's your right to protest during the national anthem and stuff like that. It is literally your right to do. But what kills me is when people, and I I won't go off on a whole politic thing, but the reason I'm even bringing this up is, The thing that bothers me the most about the coronavirus is that the current president in 2018 disbanded and took away all funding from the pandemic task force. Mm
3: -hmm. And he
2: did this in public eye at a podium and said, we don't need them. It costs too much. We can get them back anytime we want. It'll be quick and it'll be cheap. When you need a pandemic task force, it's always so that they can stay ahead of and figure out when something is approaching. That's why they're called a task force. They stay so, on the task, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's what <laughs> that's what's really pissed me off about this whole thing is, I don't care if people are Republican or Democrat. I am everyone's worst nightmare. I am a cultured educated, free-thinking, critical thinker.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I sit in the middle, listen to both sides, and I don't follow anybody. I, Mm. I make up my own mind. But I hate it when either side doesn't look at the pure facts. And the fact is, is that had the president not disbanded and took away all funding of the pandemic task force in 2018, to some extent, we don't know what extent, but to some extent, logic would tell you we would be much further ahead of the curve than we are now. That's why we're so far behind. So that's what actually what pisses me off the most about the coronavirus. I want to go to the gym every day, you know, like I don't really go out much as far as like, you know, clubbing or nothing like that. We've talked about that before. Like, I'm here to work. You know, that's why I'm in L.A. I'm here to work. And hey, man. I'm uh I'm not, I'm not here to live. I, I'm here to work, and through my work, I will live. <laughs> and, uh, Yo,
0: you know. <laughs> man, I think that that's a fucking bar. <laughs> the more you fucking know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Listeners, just pay the fuck attention, man. Look, just pay attention.
2: D-Hill. I mean, you know how it is. I mean, you know, I think a lot of... So I say all that to say the thing that pisses me off about where we are with the coronavirus and the pandemic is... Like, now that I'm back here in L.A., you know, when I was in Louisville, I was going to the gym every day. Granted, I was on vacation, but, like, I was going to the gym. I was loving it, having that freedom again. And it's like we all, and the reason I brought up any of this, and I even brought up the president and everything, is because I love it that Atlanta's filming. I love it that Vancouver and New Mexico are filming. And yes We need to be safe I get that But California's Gotta get the fuck Back to work We gotta find a way I don't know what the way is Cause I don't get paid To do that shit I ain't no politician <laughs> I ain't no Gavin Newsom I ain't got his bread I ain't got his crib None of that stuff But like We were talking about this earlier With, with your actor friend That we ran into outside and,
0: Yeah Maddie
2: Maddie yeah From Dallas And you know, so many people are leaving town and panicking and moving to places like Atlanta, Chicago, and Nashville. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm not doing that. Dog, that pandemic is everywhere. Everywhere. All over the world. Well, and, and, I, and I. My bags are here. <laughs> and and I understand why some people are doing it. They feel like, you know, they have to work now and this and that. hmm I haven't had a paycheck since January and I've been fine because I'm smart with my money. I don't go out and buy $18 drinks every Friday night.
0: Again, ladies and gentlemen, not only is he thrifty and frugal with his resources, (laughs) but just look at his body of fucking work. That's why he doesn't have to
2: work because he works. And the fact that he works works. Yeah. You know, and and I was, I was doing this other uh, podcast back like, I guess Mayish, like pandemic middle of it and everything. And I was like, you know, a lot of my friends, Javante doesn't of course, cause we think a lot of like, but a lot of my friends give me a lot of hell all the time. Cause I don't ever want to go out and drink or party. And I'm like, first off it had, I have sacrificed so much to be here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I done did everything. Like I done lived in New York and I done lived in Chicago I done did theater for 15 years. Now I'm only doing TV and film. My career has brought me to L.A. for a reason. And I honestly just don't know how some of our friends do it. Like, we have some friends, we won't name them, but, like, you know who I'm talking about. They go out, like, every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday. And when drinks are, like, $16, to $18 a pop at some places, it's like, you're spending 100 to $200 a night. You do that four nights in a row, motherfucker, that's almost your rent. That's like, almost rent, baby. Yeah, like that's just gone. So, you know, I'm, I I feel like, um, quarantine wise, I, I have handled the quarantine as best I could. And, um, and I feel like I've used it to my advantage. I, I was kind of in a place too where I was like, well, you know, you keep saying, I'm gonna get back to working out or I'm gonna lose the weight or I'm gonna get back to where I want to be Um, because I've been so focused for years on my career and my career has been going good, but I've put so many other things on hold like my health. And so, you know, I, I've dealt with it the best I could. I felt like I've used the quarantine the best of my advantage, but I'm sick of being quarantined. And, and again, I don't get paid to make these decisions, and I and I and I'm not saying just open everything back up because I think that's uh, ridiculous.
0: Oh, it's been all kinds of grand opening, grand closing yeah. going on around America because motherfuckers were way too quick, exactly, way too eager and overzealous, and getting fucked all the way up.
2: Well, I remember we're like we was like supposed to be closed until like July 15th and like mid June. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere, it was like. Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to residuals tonight, or we're going to black market tonight, or we're going to Laurel Tavern. I'm like, what?
0: How? That's part of the reason why we're still... Yeah. Like, that set everything back to factory... It's back re- so much. Factory reset Absolutely. All the way back to zero.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I say all this to say, you know, I'm grateful for where I'm at in life. I, I'm, I'm getting healthier and wiser every day. And um but i need to work i you know working is is my everything you know and it's been a weird year as you know cuz you're an actor too i've never had troubles earning the work mm mm-hmm. when there's work to be got i'm getting
3: it
0: <laughs> yo <laughs> i was about to say that man i'm like you really don't miss you don't you, you know you really don't miss much and that's rare And it's something to truly be applauded, man,
2: because you (laughs) were. I I mean, I appreciate it, but you know, the thing is. You really never stopped. It's been such a. I I appreciate that. And, and, but you know, it's all peaks and valleys, and I've been enjoying a lot of peaks, and I'll be mentally uh, prepared for the valleys because they will come. But call me when they do this is something Hill <laughs> doesn't
0: do often enough is share his
2: a- express
0: his feelings this is true it's true when he's going through the shit it'd it be cool when shit is cool and then when shit hits the fan you just don't hear from your brother until shit gets better and i'm like only i don't, don't want to just be part of your life when shit uh is beautiful and lovely and gorgeous like nah when like the ugly shit too it's like like that's
2: what friends are for
0: Man, you know what I'm saying?
2: for those times. And I appreciate that. And you are always one of the people that always remind me of that. And I feel like, you know, these days at least I have some weights to take it out on when it's open. But but yeah, we I, you know, again, I, I don't know what we can do, but there are so many people leaving town, and that's on them. Like I feel like those of us I was talking to my friend Sean O'Brien, and Sean has been an actor out here in LA since I wanted to say like 91 or 92. And he was, you know, he was even, you look at his IMDB. I mean, dude's got like 150 credits. He done did everything. Done worked with everybody. uh, been a working actor nonstop for 30 years. And he was even saying how what's happening now is. Finally, the housing market in LA is getting reset and you're starting to see like, You know, the two bed, two bath apartments that were twenty four hundred. The L.A. Times even wrote the article like they're going for like seventeen hundred now. Mm -hmm. And so I do feel like those of us who stay and weather the storm, I personally don't think Hollywood's going anywhere. I think it's always going to be here. But what do you think? We got to find a way to get back to work, though.
0: (laughs) What do you think feeds the collective imaginations of people, the world over? Where do they go? Yeah, what do they do in their quarantine? What are they watching, and what yeah.
2: are they listening to? And the thing is, once things do open back up, there's so much content that's needed right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I I have four films right now that are waiting to come out, because like, their studios and everything are trying to figure out. You know, uh, the one I even did with Ron Howard for Netflix, um, Kathy oh, right. Adams, Hillbilly Elegy. They're wait. You know, it's it's a waiting game. There's so many so many people are trying to figure out when do you
0: release something? What are they waiting on? No, just drop this shit. Well, we ain't got nothing but time to watch the shit.
2: Well, I think some of it, too, is like, so So the film that I did with the Russo brothers and, and Tom Holland, um, you know, I was fortunate that I finished up 2019 strong, got to go to Cleveland and... and Bro,
0: you was been like you was bench pressing nine hundred pounds, <laughs> <laughs>
2: squatting a thousand. Man, I wish yo. But, uh, but you know, I, I felt very fortunate the fact that I I, I went on a nice run. I, had, I did seven films of fourteen months, and the the final one was working with the directors of the highest grossing film of all time, and that's yes, that's a that's an accomplishment, and it was cool, and they were great to work with, which is another great thing. because you know not everybody's cool to work with;
0: they're often like, garbage. Yeah, but <laughs> it happens. You hear these stories. You hear it's true things. It's the truth. You know, it's just one
2: of the truths. But but I will say Joe and Anthony Russo, um, directors of Avengers Endgame and so many other great you know movies. They were great to work with um, Tom Holland, who I even said this when we were doing like the behind the scenes stuff for someone who like dominated Broadway at age 10 and is Spider-Man and has every reason to be like a diva, dude, so down to earth, so cool, mm. and you know those are always the the types of experiences and relationships that make the job that much more sweeter.
0: Isn't Tom a British kid,
2: British guy? Yeah, him,
0: Jack Gleason. Remember Jack, who who played the worst motherfucker of all time, King Joffrey? Uh, yeah, <laughs> oh bitch ass Joffrey. Yeah. <laughs> he did an incredible job yeah. to create a character that I hate so much, and it's not a real thing. <laughs> Shout out to him, but he's a British kid as well. Right. They seem to have a different level of grounding than just American actors. And this isn't wholesale, but don't tend to have, they have this interesting uh, perspective because I think life there in England is just different in that way. It's a smaller existence in that sense. Um, It's more focused in that
2: sense. Um, And being an actor in England is actually looked at as an honorable profession.
0: That's how acting used to be, yeah.
2: Like the world over, yeah, yeah. Like but here that, in America now, you tell somebody you're an actor, it ain't football. The, the first thing they do is go, "Well, what what do you do to make money?" Yeah, yeah. I, I act. Well, what do you do when you're not acting? Find acting jobs,
0: just like anyone else. Like it's interesting. Yeah. I, but when
2: you're like, you know, when you're seven or eight or nine in England, and you say I want to be an actor, oh, that's what. Nobody's up. parents go. Be realistic. Yeah, you know, quit dreaming. They go, oh, okay. Well, you go to school and you train, and you know, your I, teachers will let you know if you're good. <laughs> like, it's like in people like us who are trained actors in Hollywood, we're a rarity, and people don't understand that. Like, you know that that's why that's why Hollywood has the bad rap that it has because. And it took me a while to to fully in my opinion, understand why Hollywood has the bad name it has. It's because of this. So many people have been told in their little hometowns or somewhere else, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You should move to Hollywood. You have abs. You should move to Hollywood. (laughs) Look at your jawline. You should move to Hollywood and be an actor. None of that shit has anything to do with acting.
0: Now it's a land of none but jawlines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, you get. S- you, so here. you
2: got to think for 40 years, it's been a nonstop wave of these people coming here who aren't actors who come here. They're, pre- they're pretenders. They're pretenders. They're not. Con- <laughs> they're, not con- they're not contenders. They're let pretenders. there be.
0: Let that be known as a
2: difference. Motherfuckers. Yeah. And and uh, and that that's what you got to think for 40 years there's been this constant influx of people moving here who think because they look good or someone told them they're cute or someone told them they're funny that they're going to make it in Hollywood it's already hard enough to make it as a trained actor the percentage is already extremely low mm-hmm. to just make it on a whim is like 1 in a couple hundred million And so you have all these people out here who aren't actors, who are, you know, waiting tables or doing whatever they do. And I'm not I'm not knocking the real actors. I'm talking about just these people who moved out here who ain't never trained, who didn't have any credits before they moved, who didn't go get master's degrees like we did. Not that everybody does, but. You, you know if, fuck if i'm gonna become a doctor i need some training you know if i'm gonna become a, a newscaster i need some training you know and so you get all these people out here and this city is just full of these people that got here and they say they're actors but they're not really actors mm-hmm. they want to be but they're they're not actually actors. they
0: say that they want to be exactly that's the thing that is to be said that's true you, like you can't see like you can feel you can feel someone's desire or someone's longing for something you can, you can see it in their eyes Yeah, it's pageantry it sounds good to say that you want some shit that is actually someone else's desire something that they want but you, you know it's a bunch of motherfuckers and what they believe to be their vehicle swerving in the other motherfuckers lanes it's like that ain't that's not even your, it's not even your ride mm-hmm. it's not even your whip And they're just swerving into this lane and they're swerving into that lane. (laughs) That's the truth. Any lane but theirs, Mm -hmm. any desire but theirs, any, you know, and and a lot of people haven't given themselves the time or they've been trying to be too cool for school for their own good. And they haven't taken that time to actually be a nerd about something. Mm -hmm. I'm a nerd about this. I'm a nerd about martial arts. I'm a nerd about performance art.
2: Now, being a nerd, though yes like people, it's, it's required it's going to be great is dope. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's, it's dope like yeah. it's going to be like that's one of the requirements of yeah. uh being dope at something specific something that you give a shit about like be a nerd about that boom be a geek be a nerd about that nerd out about it you know because i'm telling you you're going to pay attention to certain details and you're going to ascend to levels the people who are just you know it's just um a wave for them or just a a hobby for them It's like no man I'm a nerd about this Yeah You know what I'm saying Scientists They nerd out about Virology Or you know you Epidemiology know? Or you know a li- Like a linguist Is a nerd about language And, et- and you know Etymology You yeah. know what I'm ain't, saying ain't no,
2: Really ain't nobody Being a professional At almost anything If you ain't a nerd About that specific career Right You know and Yeah So you know That's why our that's why this town has such a bad reputation nationwide. But the unique thing I think that's unique about L.A. or Hollywood or you want to call it, is that those of us who are real actors, who are trained actors, some of us came from, you know, doing theater and Shakespeare and August Wilson and all this stuff. And then some of us maybe just trained in film or television. But those mm-hmm. of us that like know what we're doing, who are trained and who are booking and, and have some credits to show for. It's easy for us to see see through the bullshit. You know, the every city is going to have, you know, slime balls, sleaze balls, backstabbers, all these, you know, <laughs> 80s terms people used to like to use. But at a certain. Fucking scumbags. Yeah, but, you know, at a certain time and point, you have to be an adult and be able to recognize those scumbags. Mm-hmm. at a certain point it, it gets to you you can't believe everything and you gotta know how to sift through the shit to get to the gold and so you know for me it's um, you know I, I say all of this from what we started and of course we should probably you know segue into something else but I, I want everybody to be safe I hope people are handling the quarantine well uh, I know just like me I'm sure people are sick of it but California, and and not just because certain actors are leaving for Atlanta and Chicago and Nashville and all this stuff. Me personally, I won't, and this is just my philosophy on it. I have already been the guy who's been a working actor before, Mm -hmm. and in most markets, being a working actor in a place like, not this specific, but in a place like in Atlanta or Chicago or Cincinnati or Minneapolis, you know, all these great regional theater hubs who have some film and television going on. And Atlanta really is huge for TV and film. But as a working actor, there's really a cap on how much you can make. Mm-hmm. Like you might be able to make like 75 a year. I done did that. So my mindset, my personal belief on why I'm here and why I'm staying is I'm always going to be a working actor, That's what I've been doing for the longest time. That's what I'll always do until the day I die. I don't ever want to retire. It's what I love to do. But here is the only place where you can be a working actor and have an actual chance at getting rich while doing it.
0: Will you say that louder for the (laughs) motherfuckers in the back? (laughs) You can go anywhere
2: in America to be a working actor. But. And it's my belief through research and people I've met and just factual data that Hollywood is the only place where you can be here and be a working actor and have a chance at actually getting rich while doing it.
0: This is the NFL, the MLB, the NBA. This is... uh...
2: Yeah, and that's not. And my thing is, that's not to knock anybody that lives in Atlanta or New York or in these other markets, but just for me, and, and the research I've done, and the factual data I've collected, the industry people I've met and talked to who have moved here from places like New York and whatnot, you know, I, I'm also a firm believer, and and I might catch hell for this, but I don't care because I'm not being you know, um, critical or anything. I just personally think that for instance, like New York actually isn't America's theater town. Mm. It's America's musical theater town. A place like Chicago really is America's theater town. Okay. And, you know, I'm an actor who can sing. I'm not a singer. And so like, I've never been into musical theater. I understand its purpose. I respect the hell out of it. If that's what you want to do, I hope you make all the money in the world doing it. And I hope you go on Broadway and I hope you have a a big career. That's not for me. So for straight acting or straight plays, you know, non-musical, um, and and now that I'm no longer doing theater, you know, I did theater for 15 years for the past five years. It's just been TV and film. And I, I just feel like, you know, that's, there's a reason I moved here five years ago and, it's uh, I just personally think that a lot of people who are moving away right now because things are hard and no filming's going on here. Um, I think they're taking away their chance of really hitting a big payday. I, you know, I hope people get rich, but I just feel like um, I feel like Hollywood will survive. But we do have to find a way to start filming again. We have to. We have to. I don't know. And I don't know what the answer is. We got to be safe. But we also got to find a way to fucking start working again.
0: I yeah, just make sure the motherfuckers on set don't have this shit. Yeah. You know, if you, like, if you bag something, get your fucking temperature, like, get shot in the forehead with a temperature gun, <laughs> have that shit go me and it be green, 97.7, that's perfect, and that's even old. oh a little less than average. 98.6 is where it's at. Right. I was 97.7 over at the uh, <laughs> physical therapy. Shout out to MedStar. And I was like, oh, okay, we're good to go. You know, zero symptoms. I ain't, I ain't got the shit. Um, if you ain't got it, I ain't got it. We ain't got it. The crew ain't got it. Let's make a, a picture because the world needs us. Yeah. And you know,
2: uh I do know people personally who have died from it. And that doesn't, mm-hmm. what I'm saying doesn't, lessen the loss you know of course it's just um you know our entire industry has been shut down since march 15th yeah and now sag aftra has took it upon themselves to almost double health care premiums start in january all the healthcare premiums are almost going to double And the amount that you used to have to make to qualify for health insurance is now almost double. And that doubles? Oh, okay. So, we haven't been able to work for six months, half the year. So, for half the year, I've been unable to actually gain work. It's not that we're not good enough. We've been unable to work. Oh, yeah. So, for half the year, year, we've been unable to work. And now you're going to double what we have to earn in half the amount of time makes no fucking sense. They got to run that shit back. Makes no fucking sense.
0: Yeah. yeah. They got to revisit that shit. Yeah. So, like,
2: there's some shit that, like, we have to work for more reasons than that. You know, it's like... So...
0: Look, the UFC didn't figure that shit out. Yeah. The NBA... Um, and they're getting New Mexico, at the Vancouver, Atlanta. Yeah, everybody. You know,
2: turn your set into a bubble. Say, look at <laughs> and, and the thing is with the NBA. Look how much sweat and perspiration is moving around. There ain't that much sweat and perspiration going on on a movie set. Not as much as the NBA. Hell no, you know bro. So like, there's plenty of space. And, and I'm no doctor. So Damn. if anybody out there is listening, oh, you ain't no fucking doctor. I'm not saying I am. It's just like, but something has to be done. California got to get back to work, bro. Like, we got to get back to work.
0: Other organizations are showing other, you know, like other industries the way yeah. that it is possible to make sure that this can be done. Um, you know, it's a lot of people on the set, a lot of hands, but
2: um, get them fucking tested. And you know what's happening now what I've been hearing through my my reps and from other people in the industry is, a lot of the people who need the minor roles to gain their SAG card, or who might need a little three scene on an episode so they can work three or four days, so that they can get over the hump to and earn their the health insurance. Pay for that shit. Yeah, yeah. What's happening now is they're going through scripts, and the person that used to walk up and say. Here's your coffee. Anything else? Cut from the script now.
0: Because so there really ain't no work.
2: Well, and they're they're, they're trying to they're trying to limit so, the amount of people on set.
0: Yeah, like that's where I'm at. So I, ain't, you know, what I'm saying unless I just skip levels and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
2: So I don't know. What the, I don't know what the answer is, but that's that's pretty much where my mind's at with the the quarantine. I'm sick of it. <laughs> and and I know everybody else is, too. And I'm not saying just open shit back up. Talk we, we your gotta, shit. We got to find a way, man. Talk we, your we, shit. We got to find a way.
0: We have to. Hey, you see where my mind is. I'm just building. <laughs> That's it. I'm building my empire. I'm still being creative. When my agent hits me up, I knock that shit out the ballpark. I have to. And let, that, let those chips fall where they may. And so what I've done as far as a shift is I've been um, – I've been interfacing with casting directors. Everyone has time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got all kinds of time today. Mm-hmm. And so I've been rapp- like, rapping back and forth. Like, um, I said a few weeks back, I was up for a few things. And, it, and it's a nice level up. And um, whether you get them or not right now, doesn't even fucking matter. Because we don't even have an industry doing anything. Right. Anyway, so what it is about really is about continuing to water, your garden, and foster and build those. Cultivation. Those relationships and plus, for me, it's way easier to do because I've been doing it all along. I never stopped because that's who I am and how I am, yep. and that makes it a boon for me now because now everyone has the availability to hear what the fuck I'm talking about, or they're already accustomed and familiar with me because I've never shut the fuck up since I got here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So now it's like, yo, what's up? What's happening, Travanti? What's going on, man? I'm just here with the kids. Like, what's up? Yeah. In fact. You know what, I got a thing uh, that I want you to read for boop 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 Because ain't no one doing shit. Right. So now it's like, no, now I can actually really spend some time with you. And those you know, and those you, of us who stayed
2: you know, we're gonna we're gonna reap the benefits. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who have left town.
0: I was like, man, I'm just building this fucking podcast and this is going fantastically. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm satisfied. Mm. There could always be more X plus one. You've of heard course. me J.C. talk. I shit on the terrace about yes, X sir. plus one. There's always more, but there's always something that you can do to improve and level up. And I was like, when this shit went down back in March, I was like, all right, I don't know how, but that'll become clear as the days go on. But I'm definitely coming out of this thing, through this thing, better than I even went in. I don't know how, but I'm going to. Have to. And so, look. You know. Look what the fuck we got going on here. here.
2: Cultivation and elevation, man. Yeah. You know, it it reminds me of the talks we used to have with uh, Pat Cronin, James Cronin's father. Yes. Shout out to Father Cronin. Yeah. Legendary. But if you don't know Pat Pat Cronin, Cronin, look him up. 70s and 80s. This dude. I mean, he was just a nonstop working actor in LA for twenty years. Shout been, out to been James. On yeah, James, Julie, we love y'all. And you know they they're killing it in their own right, not just acting, but with their voiceover work and getting nominated for awards. And, That's acting. It, it, it totally
0: is, but I mean, they can be in their pajamas though.
2: Yeah, and and the thing is, is that they've they've been so smart about how to build that other phase of their acting career because mm-hmm. they can still be on camera anytime they want. And they don't even need it. They don't even need it. They don't it even need it the way that they built their shit. Yeah, they don't even need that shit. They're like, man, I'm going to just be right here. I'm, I'm low-key jealous the way they were able to to build that. And but, but I remember we used to talk with Pat Cronin a lot about how, like, when he would bring his students here and I would, you know, train them. Or, and I remember you trained them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And one thing I told them I think it was two summers ago when they came and visited and I did a workshop with them at the studio that I teach out of. I said, one thing you got to understand is the job is auditioning. The perk of the job is every once in a while they actually let you play the role.
0: <laughs> They'll let you
2: play. Yeah. And it's yeah. like when, when I one of the things my agents liked about me when they signed me And that they they actually tell uh, their other clients is that my mindset changed years ago. And and I I really can't remember the specific thing. You know, I had one of those light bulb moments where all the training, all the years of experience, all the grind, all the hustle, it all melded into this one thing. And I just had this big light bulb moment where... I don't really audition anymore. It's called an audition, Mm. but I just prepare for a role. Mm. You know, like... You get right to set. Yeah. You get right to work. I I get, you know, I get the script, and yes, it's called an audition, but I don't approach it as an audition. That's my role, and that five minutes may be the only time I ever play the role. My job is to convince you to let me play it for longer, you know? Mm. And so just... (laughs) i I know that's helped me a ton this is free
0: game motherfuckers man y'all y'all need to jot some shit down like he's giving you a whole ted talk a whole fucking ted talk jot this shit down
2: but that shit there has helped me a ton and and i just it's something that's hit me like oh yeah if i'm if i'm if i want to play this role and get paid for it I'm going to still do all my script analysis and my my character choices and my physical actions and all that. I'm still going to plan it out and rehearse it just like as if I was playing the role. And, and I'm going to make a choice because there's a million ways of playing something. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's helped me a ton. But that's that's one of the things when you were sitting there talking about trying to just stay busy through the cor- during, during the quarantine and stay active and and seeing casting directors and stuff. I love to audition because I love to act. And so, and I love to earn work and the way you earn work is through auditioning. But I just, I let them call it an audition, but I just don't approach it that way anymore. I just approach it as like, this is my role. If you hire me, I will make you look amazing. And if you pass on me, you will regret it.
0: So what I'm hearing here. One word comes to mind: control. Mm. You seize complete control. You don't leave it up to anyone's already established system and criterion for what what's what their labels. And like you just said, you can call it what you want. I know what it is, mm. and because I know what it is, I know what to do.
2: Well, you know, in in those settings, in in a audition setting, whether it's a self tape, which as you know. 19 out of 20 things are self-tapes. You might get in front of one person <laughs> a few times a year. Yeah. But um, in an audition setting, literally the only things that you can control are your preparation and your execution. Those are really the only two things you can control. At the end of the day, you give your 100% and it's still 50-50, yes or no. So... I cannot control how they think. I cannot control if for whatever reason in the casting director's mind, they have in their head a blonde-haired guy who's, you know, 200 pounds with glasses. That ain't me. If that's what you have in your head, you may not see my audition for what it is, but the only thing I can control is my preparation and my execution. And if I do that strong enough... And I feel great about it, and you still don't cast me, that's fine. Like It is what it is. But sometime down the line, that casting director will see me on something else and I should have cast that guy, or I'm going to cast that guy on something else.
0: Steve Martin talked about just, he had arrived at a point in his life where he was like, you know what, I can't can't look like anyone but myself. Mm. I can only be my type. And I'm going to have to simply be undeniable. I'm just going to create a work that is so unique to me. You got to go to me to get it. And it's going to be of this elite quality that you've never before experienced. And you can only experience by hiring me to do the job. Or allowing me to create in only a way that I can. That you're going to have no choice. You're going to be left with nowhere, nowhere else to go. But to me,
2: mm-hmm. for this work Undeniable It's a champion, champion mindset Yeah, like you Look at Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. You know How many How many people Not just in the NFL, but Worldwide kept saying he ain't never gonna play quarterback In the NFL
3: Yeah,
0: they gonna make him a slot receiver a slot receiver, or, or running um, back, you know, this um, or that
2: Use him like, um, you know, like Marshall Falk Or yeah. like, um, yeah and, work done and when you and when you hear him talk whether whether you are a fan of Louisville or not which I'm not you know I've had my thing with you you'll be
0: talking cash <laughs> shit during football season <laughs> <laughs> but Bobby you know, poop nuts yeah
2: man i am south carolina gamecocks that's where <laughs> right, my masters but but just from a respect level when you when you listen to the greats talk when you listen to somebody like a kobe rip you listen to a jordan and you even li- you even listen to somebody who's young like lamar
0: Resna in power, yes for sure and baby girl and y'all rest in peace, and everybody on the helicopter, man. Man,
2: twenty twenty's been so rough. It, that don't even seem like it happened this year. Yo,
0: yo, it got <laughs> it got rid of our people, and then it came for us too. It was like, yeah. nah, nigga, you ain't safe neither. Like, you need to be bundling up like a beekeeper. You need to stay inside. No dating, no nothing. No booty cheese,
2: no nothing. Yeah, and he, no he, movie and theaters. Chad, like, and now Chadwick Chadwick Boseman, oh, ugh,
0: man. rest
2: in power. You know, rest
0: in power, King T'Challa, King. <sighs>
2: You know, Chadwick, Fuck. like the the virus and Black Panther passing away makes it feel like Kobe and so many other things happened. Didn't even happen this year. You know, just like it like literally could, don't feel like Kobe Bryant passed away this year
0: when you. Oh, my gosh, man. What a perspective. Yeah. You, like what a picture you're painting. It's like there's no way that after this, after goodbye, Kobe <laughs> being Bryant and baby girl,
2: You know what I'm saying? How could it
0: get worse? How could it possibly get worse than that? Yeah.
2: Hold my beer. Yeah. And then you saw in the news yesterday, um, man flying with jetpack crosses into the LAX airspace. For for three different planes landing, pilots had to alert LAX that there was a dude in a jetpack flying in the airspace of where planes were trying to land (laughs) did you have that on your 2020 bingo card every fucking moment
0: bro was one
2: of them so but you know whether whether we're talking about a great actor like like you know Chadwick Boseman or whether we're talking about a great athlete like Kobe or yo a new young Nipsey 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 Whoa And now you look at the new young lions People like Lamar Jackson Anybody out there listening Whether you're an actor or not I know me and Trevante are But just like Whatever you're doing in life When you listen to certain people talk About how they believe in themselves And you can see it in their eyes You can learn a lot From just seeing someone Who has a champion mindset mm. Like, Lamar Jackson will probably never lead the league in passing yards. He'll probably never lead the league in completion percentage, but he will probably win a Super Bowl. That's what's important, and you know why? Because right? you could see it in his eyes that he fucking believes he's gonna win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, like he and so like that's the thing. That's another thing that's really helped me at least over the last three or four years when my career really started taking off in TV and film was showing up, knowing that I can only control preparation and execution and just having that glow, that Bruce Leroy glow before I walk in the room of I'm the best. I'm the one here for the job. If you cast me, I'm going to make you look great. If you pass on me, I'm going to make you regret it. Congratulations, you've hit the lottery. Send everybody else home. The champ is in the building. You know? And just having that championship mindset. It's like Jordan always said, I see it go in before I shoot. Mm. It doesn't mean it always goes in, but I see it going before I shoot.
0: And that gets you probably farther along <laughs> than somebody who's like, I hope it gets in. It's like, no, I made it. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes a nigga's surprised when it goes go boom, 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 and then like, like it bounces off the corner of the fucking rim. You're like, oh, yeah. I was proven wrong this time. What's well, like but the that, next
2: one? Remember that classic commercial he had where he was like, I missed more game winners than I ever made. I did this, I did that, and still I want the ball every time. The A runner sees the finish line before they ever get there. Mm hmm you know it's it's that's having, a vision that yeah having that champion mindset man no matter what you're doing and you can even learn from so many greats but it's not just about what they say you can see it in their eyes you can totally see it in their eyes when they're speaking it's supreme conviction
0: it's their aura they that's got it. their aura up at some point in their life they just increase their nin their ten their ren you know what i'm saying and um what well, they just emit is just power and you just can't help but just get drunk off of that feeling you're like man if i feel it and i'm not that person i'm just adjacent but i felt that person's energy i felt that power i felt that conviction like just they have this gravitational pull like this gravitas about them that's just like intoxicating it's like man if i can even do or just believe in me half as much as that person believes in themselves I'll get pretty far. I I think I'll get some shit done. I yeah, think I man. I think I'll get some furniture moved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. It's um I don't know how not to feel completely like just all about plan A. Like like nah plan A is about to we're about to be okay. Yeah. It's a marathon. It ain't no sprint, <laughs> but I'm getting to the finish the way like in style, the way that I want to. You know, like there's some twists and turns and, you know what I'm saying? But there are no detours. The path remains the same. Obstacles are no. My path is my path. And the more I, the more skills I gain and abilities and resources I gain and solid, sound, powerful allies and relationships, the more clear that path is illuminated for me. Mm. Uh, also, true. when you get your aura up and you emit a light that attracts others... They're attracted because they can now see because you're the beacon. Mm-hmm. If you're that beacon because of your aura and your path is illuminated, it drags the right people into that path.
2: Well, and you know what I'm saying. And you get to a point too where if if you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing, and you are living a a healthy lifestyle, and by that I don't mean just eating clean and working out. I mean just an overall healthy lifestyle. You're surrounding yourself with people that are going to help support your vision and your goals. You are ingesting things mentally and physically, um, that are only going to make you better. And you have a constant positive outlook on life. You know, positive attitudes are contagious and so are negative ones. When you're doing all of that and your aura is glowing the way like that is when them mosquitoes come towards the light you know who they are
0: hey you know? that's free game you I'm telling you <laughs> jot this shit down like I don't know how many times I gotta tell you if you don't jot this shit down them damn mosquitoes man yeah that's when you get out that citronella <laughs> that bitch be gone repellent and you get them to fuck about a dodge
2: yeah, most yeah. people in L.A. don't know about that. No, I don't know nothing about <laughs> that, Southern bro. mosquitoes, boy. <laughs>
0: Yo, they look like uh, fucking
2: pterodactyls with, man... They be biting on your ankle going, what? Bro, these... You saw look, me take... I'm going to take another bite. Every, what you
0: going to? Everything about California is fucking... The people, the mosquitoes, and, and they only hang out at ankle level here. Oh, yeah. They only, they only attack the ankles. Like, they don't get me like that, but some people... They're just born to get eaten by mosquitoes. And i I'll be def- like,
2: I'm definitely one of those people because when I was back, when I was back in Louisville, we was at my best friend's dad's 65th birthday party, and they had it in the backyard, and I even wore long socks. I had no shorts, but I wore long socks. I, I kid you not, the next day I had 14 bites on one leg. <laughs> I counted, them. bro, and out here that's that is a weird thing about la is that i do love i mean i I, you know of course i hate the traffic but it's the daily tax you pay to live here and and of course i hate the way everything costs but hopefully the housing market's getting reset like times three and shit yeah but i'll tell you what the weather's pretty great i've i have never turned on the heat in my crib like, I've never had to turn the heat on. Throw an extra mm-hmm. blanket on, maybe. But uh um, Oh, I love those nights. I think I might, like, this year. Because I was gone for the big heat wave a couple weeks ago. Oh, you missed this? I missed oh, it. Oh, my gosh, man. I think I've only turned my AC on maybe five or six times this whole year. Now, this week, it's going to be 107 on Saturday.
0: Bro, you missed all the 107s. I know. I mean, there was a bunch of them in a row. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I had I had a friend go by my crib and just open the windows one day just to, so stuff didn't get too hot. But, um, but yeah, the weather's great here and there's no mosquito. I may, I like I may I may see four mosquitoes a year, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't really see them like, <laughs> and you didn't start
0: seeing them until just recently because I've been here for years. Yeah. You, like you just start seeing them Like they just moved
2: in They got into the cars of the transplants That drove out here
0: Yeah Had to Like that's how <laughs> shit gets around Had to Dumbass <laughs> Luckily this is a dry joint So hopefully they're like You know it's just not It's just not a, a lot of bodies of water Let's migrate And get the yeah. bug up out of here And go back to To the lagoon And Louisiana it, it, Yeah like As is
2: rare As is it rains here A year I think it rains here Per year More times Than mosquitoes I actually see
0: Ain't no bugs out here For real bro
2: (laughs) We from the land of bugs uh, Land of bugs
0: It be a Hans It be a Hans Zimmer (laughs) Danny Elfman Symphony (laughs) Like Where I grew up In Independence, Kentucky
2: Man Don't nobody out here Know about no palmetto bugs Bro It's beautiful over there
0: Right So we (laughs) lived across the street From the pond We had a big ass pond Across the street Snapping turtles Grass carp You name it We built the ferry and shit To take across the pond And all that good shit Um but you had bullfrogs, so you had the frogs, mm-hmm. which is dope. So you had the bass. You had the bass section, but then you had the strings. So you had the crickets and you had the grasshopper cicadas. section. Cicadas. You know, and the cicadas. and that, Yes, right. So you had the cicadas doing that part. right? Those are your oboes and your bassoons, I guess. The woodwind section.
2: You feel me? I it, do. I ain't never heard nobody break it down like this before. It's hilarious. And then
0: you had the random, so the wind chimes, those are the kids running around playing manhood, manhunt, and hide and go seek. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So you had this beautiful symphony. Like It was just like the sounds of summer. It was the sounds of night. And that was the white noise.
2: And, you know, the weird thing is, I, I was trying to explain this to to my nephews when I was back home uh, on vacation. The way we grew up, like, you know, I, I mean, I, of course, I, I sound like an old dude sometimes, but it's like, like, especially when I try to explain to them, I'm like, dude. he's not
0: an old dude, you guys.
2: <laughs> but like, I try to explain to them, like, dude, like, y'all be coming home from school and just like sitting in front of that TV playing Fortnite or whatever, like all night long, like, yeah, we wanted to play some video games. We did that shit too. But we had sections of time. Like, I remember for me, especially like when it wasn't football season, mm. you would come home, grab your little snack, whatever it is, oatmeal cream pie, whatever. Ooh. I, I was watching DuckTales. Yo. Followed by Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Yes. Might catch an episode of Bob Ross. You watched. With some happy little trees. You watched Tailspin. Tailspin. Baloo. Darkwing Duck.
0: Dark. Yeah, bro.
2: Somehow I'd fit in back to back episodes of Saved by the Bell. Mm. Then I'd go out and play some wiffle ball or some football or some basketball with everybody in the neighborhood. We'd be playing baseball in the, in the cul-de-sac with a tennis racket and tennis ball like it was a baseball bat. Mm. just like anything to get out and do then you came aside ate a little dinner played some video games did your homework like video games is like it was a portion you know Mm -hmm. and then now there might be a couple times you know if it's like way too hot outside or it's raining or ain't no kids around then you might binge a video game you might try to see how many times you beat mario 3 in one day or something Mm -hmm. but like I felt like we was so active. It was like a little bit of TV and then it was always go outside, see who you can get in the neighborhood and just like, and we had rival neighborhoods too. Like, <laughs> you know, we meeting up at Auburn to play ball. It's, it's Scottsdale versus, you know, Yorktown. And like, <laughs> and so like you'd have like these little rivalries and then like, um, but I, I just don't see, you know, the, the people that are that are in, like, middle school and high school now, I, I feel bad for them in a way that, like, they think that social life is nothing but video games and TikTok.
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't understand uh, TikTok or I what ref- it is.
2: I absolutely refuse mm-hmm. to ever put TikTok on my phone.
0: It is not going to take up any... No, space on. I'm
2: only on Instagram because my reps make me be, and that's fine. Like, I get (laughs) it. It's a picture on set. I get it. People, you know, fans want to see that stuff. Yeah. I I can, I can do that. Facebook, I consider that just like a personal thing. Friends from college or high school, whatever. Twitter, I hate. I'm on there, but I hate it. I don't know what I can, I just don't like it. But TikTok, I literally refuse. It will never be put on my phone. (laughs) I refuse. A a man has to have his limits. And that's my limit. TikTok is my limit. It really is.
0: Fucking TikTok.
2: I can't do it, man.
0: It's, uh. Yeah, I refuse to put that dumb shit on the phone. Yeah. I I don't even.
2: Because it's all what, like music based or some shit. I don't even know. I just know every time I see it, it annoys me and and i hated that again like i hated that the youth so many of them think that like so many of them think that like once you get home from school if you ain't doing sports like the only thing there is to do is like tiktok and video games it's like i it's when you was talking about you know the white noise of, of everything i'm you know LA is a different place you know to raise a family just like new york but like I do miss that about just life in America in general. It's like, mm-hmm. I miss driving down the street and having to go slow because a kid might run out in front of my car. Mm. Like, you see I him don't playing know football. where the kids be out here. That's what I'm saying. Don't, you don't even see kids, bro? this nah.
0: It's weird. That's what I'm saying. I I really Not don't. that I'm looking for children. No, nah, but like, but,
2: when, you when you're just in the neighborhood, you in Burbank or Studio City or something, and you driving around in your neighborhood like, I might see a couple kids like skateboarding or something. You see
0: some here, here, yeah. Burbank downtown, but, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you don't. But, it, yeah,
2: I don't. I don't know how that happens. But
0: I mean, some of these kids are going
3: pro.
2: Yeah, they're
0: going pro in video games and shit. I was like, well, okay. Yeah, there's a lane. There's e- a lane. Esports, right? Yeah, yo. <laughs> what do you? How do you feel about athletes?
2: Is that? You might have just coined the term. Is that a term, or did you just coin it? I, so I think that this is something that, that they're trying to call themselves as athletes. Um, I say this clearly: there is a ton of skill and hand-eye coordination that goes into being able to master a game. Sure. Bro, I be on the games. Yeah, I play like games. Yeah, I that's grew, fine. Like I grew doing up doing this. Yeah, it takes it, it skills, takes man. a lot of this, and it takes a lot of this. And it takes, you know... It's beyond chess. But it's, and not, not, a, faster. it's not a sport. Yeah. It's not a sport. Like, right. NASCAR is more of a sport. It's like... We don't believe you. You need you more people. <laughs> but you are know, like, NASCAR is more of a sport, bro. Yeah. Like, a lot of people be like... And I don't watch NASCAR. But, I, you know, I think a lot of people think, oh, they just drive around in circles. And it yes, takes stamina it to is do that. They, it takes stamina. And there's, you know, they plot and they deal... They draft, yeah, all I kinds know. of stuff. like. It's way more of a sport than like.
0: They train to sit in the car for hours doing
2: two hundred mile an hour. Yeah, one eighty. Table tennis is a sport. Like mm-hmm. professional ping pong. Yeah, that's a sport. You sweat. Professional badminton is a sport. Curling is a sport. Physical activity. Physical. It's fucking physical. <laughs> yes. What you're saying is it's
0: physical activity. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, and, and I'm not knocking any. You know what? If there's kids out there. Who are athletes? I'm trying to get a bag out of that. So it's like. Hey, hey, the thing <laughs> is. The, the, older I, the, the older I get. Kind of like we was talking about earlier. With like politics. The older I get. My thing is this too. I don't have to agree with you. To want you to do good. Like I might sit there. And be critical over. Calling esports a sport. Doesn't mean I don't want the kids who are making millions to get rich off doing it. Get
0: those bags.
2: Get your money. Get them bags, if, man. If people are dumb enough to believe what you're doing is a sport and they're willing to pay you all this money, get your money. They ain't even got to believe it's a sport. Just yeah. enjoy Just
0: enjoy watching what I'm doing. Yeah. Or enjoy watching me doing what I'm doing, which is what Twitch is about. It's like, yeah, we're not just... We don't care about the game that you're playing. Yeah. Usually. We care about you playing the game. Right? Because, you know, like my... uh A mentor of mine At Syracuse Roosevelt Rick Wright Jr. uh, Said shout out to him Just an act that attracts Just being an act Mm -hmm. That attracts This is my uh, television And radio broadcast guy Showed me the way Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying But yeah Just creating an act That attracts That's how he says it Well,
2: you Remember um, Dr. Eddie Warner At the University of Louisville He used to teach A class in rap music And Oh uh, Am, am yeah. I crossing gears? White dude? No, no, no. Wrong guy. Okay. Wrong guy. Big black dude. Um, cool as a fan. He, he taught a class in rap music and he taught a class in hip hop history. And one of the things I, re, I remember from the class, I mean, I was you know deep into music myself. and But one of the things that I remembered from the class was that he talked about how all of the greats, would always say the thing you need to do in order to like separate yourself and quote unquote become a great is to develop a style that cannot be duplicated. Mm. And you look at somebody like Outcast, ain't nobody really trying to do what they do because you can't. I just have, you know like, what I'm
0: saying? Like, I was doing a pod last night, yesterday, and uh, my brother, we played him in uh, with a Spodioti from Equimani, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, w- I wanna say. And uh, we were talking about that. I believe that we mentioned that, or it might have been pre pod, but I was like, no one else, I might have been faded and just thinking to myself, actually. Might have been no other humans involved. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, it was, um, I, I was thinking, you know what? No, I think I did put this on the pod. Anyways. I was talking with Mark, and I was like, man, it didn't matter what album it was and how radically different each album was from the next album or the previous album. Because mm-hmm. they, they were the musical anamorphs. They would turn into a whole new form and come up with some fly shit that never had been done before. Yep. Then they had a cut like Can't Wait with Sleepy Brown, yeah. which was super, super just sexy it was just um, velvety it was like just dope ass r&b yeah. you know what i'm saying and then sleepy kind of like carried that mm-hmm. but then you had these bars like three stacks with just you know and sir lesh's left foot you know uh, sir lush's left foot yeah. man he's come in with these bars and i was like wow
2: and they, and both of them are so different they're know?
0: way different man yeah.
2: lucius left foot and then him like the, the thing board. that I, the thing that i always loved about about Outcast. And I try to apply their path to my own. Is that Andre always said that what they actually did on the speaker box and the love below, that is the type of experimental shit they've been wanting to do all along.
0: You beat me to it, man. But I was like about to Southern mention
2: Mm -hmm. you know those first early albums was how they was able to get a record deal
0: cause it was like if you heard Elevators it was just straight up hip hop rap shit you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. then you started seeing Hey Ya happen Mm -hmm. and dude in his bizarre clothes boy he's (laughs) always you know you know Three Stacks is always on some bizarre fashion but then he was just in that bag hard like they leaned into that cause it's Mm -hmm. like all right man like we got y'all we've captured your hearts and imaginations now we just get to be ourselves Truly. But we had to get into the rap game. We had to get to the game first.
2: And you know, there's so many people who whether it's acting or music or corporate, there's so many people who don't want to play the game. And or refuse to play the game how do you learn how to beat it i don't want to play the game pick up a but remote. i know i need to i know i need yeah, to play it's like, all right you all know? right i got
0: to beat this game yeah i ain't gonna I, refi- I
2: ain't gonna refuse to play the hollywood game because that's denying what it is you got to know what it is and you got to learn how to manipulate it to make it work for you and um they were able to do that unlike no other and like, I still remember, I know some people weren't fans of it, but I was such a fan. Like, I owned it on DVD, the the film Idlewild. That album was amazing. and the, Even I, that. I, I just loved the film, too. I loved that, like, it was basically like a two-hour music video with a lot of acting. and
0: They I, are artists.
2: They are artists, man.
0: Even the difference between Speaker Box and, and The Love Below, oh. which was released, it was a double <laughs> yeah. album. Radically different. So One's different. radically different from the other one. Yes, sir yeah, it's like you know, like pink and blue
2: Yeah,
3: Pretty pink,
2: <laughs>
3: baby blue.
2: yeah. And, and you look at some of the you look at some of the people who who also have had like hugely successful careers, even somebody like, you know, just that one thing I'll always remember of create something that is so unique and distinct to you that no one else can even attempt. To duplicate it and you look back anytime maybe i'm wrong i don't think i am but maybe i am but when you look back in hip-hop history any that there's been mention of oh yeah such and such is the next jay-z papoose and people like that <laughs>
0: oh no and any, and anytime
2: somebody would would bring <laughs> up how they sounded like him or they was going to be the next if you trying to, and I'm not saying he was, but and his
0: bars are insane.
2: I know. I'm just saying, like you know, if you, if your style isn't completely unique to yourself, then it's it's hard to duplicate somebody else. You know, it's. Uh,
0: Did you see the uh, Instagram video or whatever it was of that cat who sounded exactly like a clone of Jay Z? No. <laughs> Well, when you hear it, I'm talking about the octaves. I'm talking about the way. was Jay
2: Farrow from uh, SNL? No, no,
0: but it might as well have been, right? Yeah. It, it was like he, he had done himself because his bars were great. They were really good. But there was already a Jay-Z. So now that I know what you're capable of, if you refuse to not sound exactly like Jay-Z, his cadence and everything, mm. it doesn't matter what your content is because if I want to hear Jay-Z... I'm going to go and listen to Jay-Z. Right. Because can't nobody do Jay-Z like Jay-Z.
2: Yeah, he got a bangers on his own. I don't need to go. Bro, there's no
0: need to hear another Jay-Z. I'm just going to listen to the great Mm Jay-Z. You see what I'm saying? So I'm like, my guy, you need to get your style. You need to get your style. Now, if this was a way to just show people just his raw skill, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Right? Because he went viral. But now you need to... Right, you need to sound like someone that sounds like whatever your name is. You, like you need to sound like that. Mm-hmm. Right, you don't hear J. Cole trying to do Jay Z, Kendrick no. Lamar trying to right, and no one's trying to do anyone else. Yeah. No one's trying to do Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q was not trying to sound like the Game. Right, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No one's trying to do that. Yeah, no one else is name dropping like the a, Game a, does. A, yeah, anybody,
2: <laughs> anybody who who is really successful in any type of entertainment field. They've found a way to be extremely unique in themselves. You look at, you know, the person who is arguably the most successful, a.k.a. greatest actor of all time, Meryl Streep. And we only say that because she has more nominations and wins than anybody else. Okay. Metrics. And her her skill is incredible. One thing, but like all the awards and stuff aside, the thing that I have always admired about Meryl Streep is that, it's documented. She said this in an interview before that her very so she graduated from Yale, got out here to LA. Her first audition she went on, the casting director made her cry and said, I don't know how else to tell you, but you're ugly and you're never going to play a lead role. You're not going to, I don't know why you're trying to audition for these types. You're going to be like the ugly friend. You're never going to like have a career that
0: that bitch didn't know how to tell her that she was ugly she she didn't know like in what other way to do that yeah in so many ways and
2: and i I don't know the exact verbiage that was used but what i'm saying is her very first audition she claims that like the casting director basically tried to tell her you're not what we want out here you don't look the part and it had nothing to do with her skill. And uh, why'd you call me in? Yeah, that saw my and, and here she is, all these years later, and she's you know, um, from a just a straight up you know nomination and win standpoint, and just a plethora of career. There's really been no other female actor like her. Um, but un, like
0: unparalleled uh, success.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and, but like you know, that's what I that's what I really when I look at people who inspire me. It's not for me personally, it's not just about the awards. Cause like the people who really inspire me, uh, as actors, like one of my favorites is Jeffrey, Wright. You, oh yeah. You, man. you watch Jeffrey, Wright? This dude ain't for you. For some of y'all who's thinking, who's watching this or listening thinking, who the hell is Jeffrey, Wright? You know, who Jeffrey Wright is. You just got to Google him, and then you're going to go, oh, him? And then you're going to remember me saying this. This dude ain't never, not one nan time in his whole career phoned it in. Not a nan, not a once. Never phoned it in from Basquiat to fucking Muddy Waters, even when he was in like um, Shaft. Shaft Tiger Woo. I like him. But even even when he was in just like a, a big popcorn uh type flick like um Hunger Games. Uh, he was. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> because he makes he makes such unique specific characters. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's one of the things um that I really appreciate about Daniel Day Lewis is although I personally am not a method actor and I don't believe in it. I I love the extremes he goes to to create the character, not not the extreme work that he puts in.
0: I got a question for you in regard to that. One, shout out to Daniel Mm Day-Lewis, because, man, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal actor, incredible actor. But and this is probably of no fault to his, no, no fault of his, but people to create a narrative for you. And so what, there's a narrative that I think was created and it was surrounding method acting that makes it seem like he's on another level than other actors who have done comparable things on a screen. with mm-hmm. the choices they make and the realism and slice of life that they lend to a moment. Like they, you know, he, I don't really think he's leaps and bounds beyond others who require a whole lot less work to be done to build a kind of character that lends credence to a Mm real-life slice. Sure. Um, I think that what this industry likes to do is they reward the effort. The work it takes, I see it in a way, for some, or this is just a hypothesis of mine. I'm like, what if that was... What if his mind and his brain is set up to where he requires that kind of Herculean effort to build any character at all? He's got to do that much research. He's got to be Abraham Lincoln for four years. (laughs) Poor family of his. Poor (laughs) wife. Poor children. He's Abraham Lincoln, and he ain't answering to nothing else but Abe. (laughs) So it it ain't babe, hey babe. The food is ready. He's, hey Abe, yeah, the food is ready. She's rolling her eyes, and he's like, all right. And then he, he sits his top hat down, and then he moseys on to the dinner table, fully dressed and his old timey garbs and they're like this this is ridiculous pops (laughs) and he's talking in old English or whatever fucking kind of English they spoke back then he'd be doing that shit he writes shit with a feathered quill (laughs) he he dips it in ink made of raven's blood whatever the fuck that shit was made of (laughs) and Meryl or Samuel L Mm -hmm. someone else can get that same script Denzel Denzel can get that same script Jeffrey Wright can get that same script Break that shit down with their computer brain. Yep. Make some choices. With that different kind of processor. Maybe it's got, maybe they got an octa, like an octa core, and he's just got the Pentium 3 processor. (laughs) It's a little slower. It takes more time to get this shit broken down to a way where he feels confident enough to share this with the world and do his. Detective work. Now, Meryl Streep calls it detective work. So yeah. she gets right down to it. Mm-hmm. She's 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 a detective and she's going over with a fine tooth comb. Mm-hmm. She's finding that she's finding the traps in that audition. She ain't got an audition now, but right. you know she's talking about when she was younger and had to audition and shit. She's like, Oh, I'm turning into a detective. That's what I literally am.
2: Clues in the text.
0: She looks yeah. for the clues in the text. Yeah, we're on the same shit. Yes, sir. And um uh, then she Makes her findings and what she does in that audition that they call it is she just presents her findings. That's it. That's it. She just presents her findings. This her mm-hmm. presentation. These are her discoveries. These are the choices that she made and the conclusions that she had drawn based on that work that she did. Didn't take years. Yeah, and this didn't is, take months. Is one way of doing it, and that's one way of doing it. And that's what I respect and I'm like, about. Damn.
2: And that's what I respect about Sam Rockwell. When when Sam Rockwell won. Supporting actor for three billboards. Man, that movie was great. A win for Sam Rockwell was a win for working actors everywhere. Cause he really wasn't a household name yet. Mm-hmm. Actors knew who he was, but a lot of people on the street, if you would ask who Sam, they would have been like, who, um, but what I love about Sam Rockwell is he's, he's, got a, he's got a quote that's actually similar to what we were talking about earlier with championship mindset and what you can control and everything. His is a little bit more blunt, and I, and I love it. He goes, when I go into an audition, my mindset is, fuck it. Not fuck you, the casting director or producer, but fuck it. Here is a general way that I think this character could be played in a really interesting way. You got some notes for me? You got some direction? Sure, I can take direction. But overall, this is the way I think would make the most compelling character. Mm -hmm. So fuck it. And I love that mindset. Because it's not fuck you, it's fuck it. Mm -hmm. Got some notes? Got some direction? I'll take them. But generally, this is what me, the actor... Who's actually been successful because casting directors have never been successful actors. That's what I always loved about this business, Mm -hmm. especially in theater. One of the things I loved, if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, one of the things I always loved about professional theater, especially regional theater, was that most of the people who were casting roles (laughs) were failed actors. Mm. They were people who had went into administration because they were failed actors or directors, so it's usually like an associate artistic director or a producing director who does the casting but even even casting directors in Hollywood, it's kind of weird when you think about it you you know you you put a lot of stake into what they think. But at the end of the day, none of them were ever successful actors.
0: When you listen to some of their stories about how they got into the business, oh yeah, it—it's so many. And you're the one making the choices. It has nothing to do with a life of artistry, no, or anything of the like, or. You know, I used to do I I I used to be an actor, this or that. Sometimes it's radically unrelated. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you know, I was a math teacher and you, you, you know, and yeah, I was looking for something job, to do. So I
2: started I was started <laughs> being the assistant. A friend for... of mine
0: was a sound guy for a thing and yeah. they and they needed another guy, so I was yeah. like, Okay. Then I was like I well, took I like the job shows. as a
2: receptionist <laughs> at a casting agency, yeah. and then just worked my way up. And, mm-hmm. and and look, that's this isn't me knocking
0: casting. No, nah, it it's like it's cool too, man.
2: But it, it, I, I've always found it interesting that the people who make the decisions of who get the roles have never been successful at what they're deciding. That's why I always think the best coaches always had some level of success. As players. Mm. Phil Jackson won championships as a player before he ever won 11 as a coach.
0: I think about the Van Gundy's uh, too, though, because like some cats. Um, Just have a mind for it. Have a mind for it. Yeah. like, But they're me, rare. It's rare. For me, I'm like, um, I'm a, I'm an audiophile. I'm obsessed with music and hip hop and I'm not a rapper or anything like that. I'm not a big time producer or anything but with my upbringing and surrounded by musicians and like music people in my family and i've always had this ear for sound mm-hmm. and a lot of that was cultivated by my whole family having this same ear for sound this just supreme taste in sounds and music and different genres and variety and just arts in general that i think helped cultivate that ear for sound mm-hmm. um and then I just obsess over it <laughs> like even when music you ain't become playing become a nerd about it like we were talking about I became a nerd about it and even music it's like there's music playing when there's no music actually playing mm-hmm. for me and um, like your Van Gundy's they were just obsessed and we just became students of the game because I don't think maybe they played some intramural like maybe they, they played some they played as kids or in high school or something like that I, I'm not sure but I do believe that one of the Van Gundys, or maybe both, they don't really have that kind of basketball playing experience, but tacticians, yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Understand the game inside and out, yeah. Um, And, like, for me, it was like some people do just have this ear for sound. And I know, like, Producers, actually, like um, like an alchemist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. One of my favorites.
2: One of fuck, my favorites fuck of all delicious. time, man. Like, shout fuck out to Action delicious.
0: Bronson. Shout out to Action, action Bronson. dropped ninety know.
2: pounds. You see that? Looking svelte man. Looking svelte See, Action. I know. I know you. You heard. You saw D. Hill putting the work in. Action. Hey. Gotta catch up.
0: Yo, because you dropped uh quite a bit.
2: He's dropped ninety pounds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you you're well on your way. Like, you oh drive. yeah,
2: how how much have you dropped so far? Probably, I'm probably close to eighty now. I know Yeah, July 21st was was seventy in 21 weeks. You, you about to be swimming in your garbs? You, you hey, I, I definitely got to buy all new clothes.
0: Yeah, but I'm gonna wait
2: till Christmas for that. I,
0: I, <laughs> I'm not fully on that because you're like I ain't done yet. So nah. I might as well keep the bag of shit I got. I just need the gym to open back up. Yo, but um, yeah, I think some people just have this innate. Sensitivity towards I think certain so.
2: things I agree, but what what I was saying, what I agree with what you're saying, but what I'm saying is I think those people are far and few in between. No, they're rare. And but yeah. like like That's even true. even somebody who's like you know like even most college, like even Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, yeah, he never played pro, but he played wide receiver at Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's been you've had some level of, and that just, it's just, to me, it's a weird thing that's always happened in our business. It's never going away either. I just find it always weird that-
0: This one in particular, right?
2: Yeah. It's just weird that-
0: No neurosurgeons are coming from no experience Yeah, before they cutting your (laughs) fucking dome open.
2: Yeah. Ain't nobody going, you know, I've, uh, (laughs) I tried to be a brain surgeon, but I didn't, I didn't make it. So- no, yeah. you know, nah. I, I worked in the warehouse
0: at R.R. Donnelly, and then I just decided <laughs> to just make a switch, switch it up.
2: I was on the cleaning crew at uh, Kaiser Permanente, yeah. so I think I know how to do open heart surgery. I mean,
0: I was f- I was tossing hot dogs across the stands <laughs> at baseball games, and then I decided, you know what, enough is enough.
2: I need to be on that mound.
0: <laughs> I need to get on the mound and I need to throw fucking four seam fastballs yeah, at your man. face.
2: It's so weird because, you know, it's all the odds <laughs> the odds are so stacked against us already. It's such it's And it fun. don't help, right? No, and and especially in America, it's like we talked about people so many people don't even consider what we do like a work or like or a job. Like I I got into a little bit of a heated discussion with my cousin when I was back home. <laughs> I was uh, trying to get him, uh, he, want, he, want, he wanted some tips on, you know, how to get healthier and lose some weight. And, uh, and you know, he's, he's in bad health. He's, he smokes like a pack of cigarettes a day, but, you know, he works uh, from home, sitting in front of a computer, doesn't eat right. And eventually, over time, that stuff catches up with you, especially you know later you get in your thirties and whatnot, and
3: you
0: become built like the chair you sitting in all the fucking time
2: <laughs> and and he's a smart dude, and so he was you know and and a lot of what I've been doing is my my plan and everything that I've been doing is from elite industry professionals like Tom Hollands trainer on set' mm. is really the one who set me off on my beginnings and gave me you know hours of free consultation and gave me some tips on things to do and and then me and you we we talked about like stuff like intermittent fasting and so I'm, i'm constantly gaining knowledge from people who are successfully doing this and at an elite level and so i was trying to explain to him some of the stuff of like hey here's here's a few things that that you could do you know you could you could you know, take three, three ten minute walks a day. You could, you could do an eating window or intermittent fasting. We were just talking about all these sort of different things. And it, it got to a point where we kind of got into this, you know, heated discussion. And he said, well, look, look, Dan, I, you know, I got to work. You ain't got to do nothing hard. And, you know, just all day long, you can do whatever you want. And, you know you don't you don't have to do anything hard, and I wanted like so bad to be like number one. You're not lifting a bunch of like concrete cinder boxes up. Like you're sitting <laughs> in front of a computer. And number two. Just people just don't understand what it takes to do what we do. Like they don't understand like. We don't have the luxury. I haven't had a paycheck since January.
0: We (laughs) Think about that,
2: people. I have not had a paycheck since January. I'm not evicted. I'm not homeless. It is what it is. Bank account keeps dwindling down. You want to talk about a level of stress? Imagine having a level of stress when you don't know when your next paycheck's coming and your business is shut down. Your whole industry is shut down. Mm -hmm. And so, like... You know, when you get an audition or when you get, you know, an opportunity to be seen by a casting director, it's one thing. So I, so, you know, I teach private lessons now, and now I'm teaching at universities again, doing online master classes. And one of the things that I always tell people is when something comes, when an opportunity comes along your way, if, if this opportunity is an audition, Guess what you don't get to do on Tuesday night with your friends? You don't get to go to B-dubs and have buy one, get one free wings. Mm -hmm. That's what the people who do who don't want to work. You sit at home, quiet, pencil, paper, and detect and dissect and get off fucking book so you don't have the paper in your hand staring down at every other line. (laughs) Bars.
0: Perfect. Bars.
2: That's another thing. If anybody's out here listening who's an actor and, and you're wondering why you ain't booking much, when's the last time you did not have a paper in your hand for an audition?
0: They become slaves to the page. Yeah. Even, even when you know the shit, right? Yeah. There's something about having that having paper it, in your hand. It makes
2: you th- It makes you start forgetting. It makes you think,
0: right, because- Do I really know it? It's a weird mental game. Yeah. And it took me some years to figure that out Um, where I'm like, you know what? I feel like I tell my, when I get properly prepared and I over-prepare, when you over-prepare and get couch ready, Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying, in your bedroom ready, Mm -hmm. when you you get it, stop doing what you're fucking doing. You got it. Now leave room for your mind, your right brain, your creativity, your spine 80, for you to make it yours. It's Mm -hmm. yours when you leave it be and let it sit and marinate. Go to sleep on it, it's important. you know, and that allows your mind, your brain, to encode it into your right, your yeah. long term. Yep. That way, you don't have to go fuck. Oh man, it went away yeah. because you never really had it. Yeah, because it's not with. memorization
2: and regurgitation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know, and so yeah, that's the so yeah. You know, we just got into this thing where you know, it, it just goes back to people in America. They don't respect the craft or the profession of an actor unless you're famous Mm -hmm. and you know i always anytime especially anytime these days somebody might bring some bullshit like that my way i'd be like hey what uh you know somebody like the stuff we kind of get all the time is like oh so what do you do i'm an actor well i've never seen you in anything I'm like, well, bitch. Maybe you need to get out more. <laughs> you <laughs> got Netflix. You, you got Showtime. Don't Because show I got shit it. on both those right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, either. But the other thing is like, um, you know, you either have people, people be like, well, I haven't seen you in anything, and I love to be like, mm, that's a good point. Who's your doctor? My doctor. You like your per, your primary care doctor? Like, what doctor do you go to? Oh, I go to Doctor Jenkowitz. I ain't never heard of him. Is he a real doctor? He's not on billboards. I don't see him on TV. Eee. I never heard of him. Never seen him in anything. Is he a real doctor? How does he make money? You know what I'm saying? I mm-hmm. love to throw that shit in people's face. No, nah, that's a beautiful way to go about it. Because for those of you listening who don't know this... We ain't bitter. We working like this is what I do for a living. So, like, I don't mean to come across as bitter. I mean, to come across as a, a realistic person who does this as a profession. And the realistic point of view is this. The people that you see on TV and award shows and all that. At one time, they were just working actors, the the rich and famous in this industry are less than 1%. There's only about 5% of actors in the world who are actually working actors. So the other 95%, those are the ones waiting tables and all this stuff. Those are the ones you need to be asking, well, what do you really do? <laughs> or, you know, or like, what are you preparing to do? Or what are you working on? Or what are your goals? Um, because everybody's at a different place. It's okay, it's okay to wait tables as long as you're truly... Really going after it.
0: And they're yeah. right, they're in route. You, yeah. You know, if you ask um, a waitress what she does, she should say, I am an actor. Yeah. Right now, at, at this very moment, yeah. I'm waiting a table, but I'm an actor. And there ain't nothing oh, wrong with that. that. The, only, you know, the only time you caught me along the way, I'm in route.
2: Yep. And the, and the only time that they're perpetrators mm-hmm. is when they just like to say mm-hmm. they're an actor and you would be like when's the last time you went on an audition
0: that's a giant, about
2: 3 years ago
0: that's an enormous portion right come on man that's an enormous portion that's yeah. a huge portion so like that's what yeah.
2: that's just a you know that's just one thing that that also came to my mind was keep pe- people thinking that because I don't go to a 9 to 5 every day that I'm not working mm-hmm. you know that that really drives me up the wall
0: and, and that's the funny thing uh, what I said about having that damn script in your hand, when mm-hmm. you got the shit down, Pat, before you got there, mm-hmm. and then you are holding this dumbass piece of paper, it's like a tractor beam. It just pulls your gaze. Absolutely. Because, to me, I had arrived at—I I think I was taking a shower, and I was like, oh, shit, I get it. I was like, let me shut the fuck up and stop mouthing these lines. Because once you got it, once your mind is like, no, we're good, now you're showing that you don't trust yourself mm-hmm. and trust your mind. And now you leave no room for your instincts yep. and for your skill set to sink in and for you to just float. Yep. To just float on this shit. To just let that shit fly. Yeah, you and can. you tell your brain that you ain't got it. Then the anxiety sets in. Once anxiety sets in, guess what anxiety does? It erases short-term memory. Mm-hmm. Now you can't recall. See? Now you're drawing blanks.
2: And and a similar parallel can be made to sports. I, I make this a lot with well, when I'm teaching young actors. Yes, in practice, okay, somebody like Barry Bonds might be standing there, and they might go, okay, so it's hips and step and wrists and turn. But when that ball's coming 95 miles per hour, you ain't got time to go, and, uh, and, uh, (laughs) nah, it's instinct. It's just like, Uh you know, when Tom Brady goes out for the first play of the game, he doesn't think about winning the game. He thinks about, okay, let me check all, let me check the defense. Do I need to make any adjustments? That's the first thing. Then the next thing I need to do is correctly receive the snap. Yep. Can't be smashing your fingertips. Yeah. And then I need to make my reads and choose what I think is the most correct read. Make that pass and focus on making the pass. Mm -hmm. Now, that guy might run for 80 yards and a touchdown or he might get tackled after an 8 yard game but what I can control is my reads my, you know my preparation my execution and if I do enough of those things correctly I will probably win the game mm. but don't nobody go into you know just like you don't go into, you don't go into an audition you don't go on to the first day of a set going I'm going to kill this movie No, I'm worried about this scene. It's because we shoot. We shooting the death scene first day of a 30 day shoot. I gotta be all emotional on this scene. I ain't worried about the rest of the another 29 days. I'm trying to get to the moment of this day. That's an amazing
0: point that you just made, man. Because I think the people keep thinking about the whole project. Yeah, thinking about the whole thing, thinking about it being done, thinking about just it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, if you. If you as a performer, and and no matter what you're doing, you're murdering your moments, Mm -hmm. you're killing your moments, string that shit together into one piece. Down by down. Now everything is, now it's a fine body of work. Now it's a hell of a game you had. Yes, sir. Now it's a hell of a sequence you had. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now you've. You're on a hell of a run. That's the real deal. Holy You know thing what I'm right saying? There. Instead of thinking about winning the race, instead of thinking about the finish line, it's thinking about everything in between. Sifu be saying that shit to me all the time. It's like, think about the gray. Everything is happening in the gray, not the black and the white. Mm. Everything's happening in the gray. You're thinking about the end of the move. Mm. You're thinking about the end of the technique, but not any part of the technique that makes the technique work. Mm. Because you never get to a successful end of the move properly executed If you're not focusing on if you're them. not focusing mm. on the machinery, on how it all comes together, you're not thinking about the in between. And I'm hitting you, I'm getting smacked. I'm getting Mollywapped all in the gray area in the in between. Pause. You know what I'm saying? That's like deep. in the parts I'm not focused on. Where I allow my mind to fall asleep on me and I fall asleep at the wheel mm. of the process itself. I'm thinking about the end of the process. I'm not thinking about the process. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about the uh, techniques being peerless. That's dope. You know what I'm I saying? Like or that. just relaxing. Relax. Relax. But instead of doing that, I'm trying to be strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to apply pressure. Mm-hmm. But I'm not thinking about distance management. So I'm always in striking range. I can get hit with hands, feet. It don't fucking matter. I'm getting hit with every fucking thing, right? From all kinds of angles and directions because I'm easy to hit. Yeah. I'm not thinking about my distance, my control of of myself. Yeah, the the little things, right? But once you get all of that baked into your body, now that's just the way that your computer processes information. Mm -hmm. Now you can just... Use your instincts and just let it fly, yep. and that's just where sensitivity comes in. That's where training and practice comes in. That's where confidence in what you know and understand comes in, mm. right?
2: Yeah, oh, my, my, so. my one of my mentors in grad school, famous acting teacher named Robin Hunt. She, I've, I've said this on other podcasts, and I tell this to pretty much any student that I teach. She said the the deepest thing to me one time right before I left grad school and it was the greatest acting advice I'd ever received in my life but it was the simplest and it's so simple that it'll probably fly over your head the first time I say it so I'm going to say it twice not yours but anybody listening so we were working on our, our final auditions for this showcase. And she stopped and she said, "Okay, I need you all to understand something. Proving to them, casting director, director, producer, whoever, proving to them how good of an actor you are has absolutely nothing to do with what your character is saying."
1: <laughs>
0: Yo, jot this shit down. How many times (laughs) I gotta tell you motherfuckers to jot this down.
2: That's for those of you who may not have fully understand it's it's the it's the greatest acting advice I received, and it's so simple that it's so deep. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to prove to them casting director, acting partner, producer, someone who can hire you, trying to prove to them how good of an actor you are has absolutely nothing to do with what your character is saying. Greatest acting lesson I've ever received.
0: Well, I'm tucking that. I'm putting that in the tuck right down now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about you, DL, or you listeners. I'm utilizing it. Mm-hmm. I'm utilizing it. It's a good one, man. I'm just adding to my Batman utility belt of things <laughs> 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 to use in any given life situation, man. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's a good one. It's um, what got you on this. uh You're down, what, 80 pounds now? Yeah. What got you, like, uh, just hardcore into that journey, like the wellness even? Like, not just getting buff and shit. You're like, nah, <laughs> man. I'm running. Like, you were doing road work like a boxer. Yeah. It, you know what I'm saying? Not in a sauna suit, but
2: <laughs> no, nah, I wore a hoodie though. <laughs> so you was in a sauna suit. You know, I uh I got back from from filming Cherry, um, the Russo Brothers film. Hmm. I got back in November right before Thanksgiving. I'd been back here in LA for about two weeks and I was driving to an audition one morning and in my Prius that I used to have and a lady in an SUV, I'm in, I'm in standstill traffic. She ran into the back of me going probably 40, 45 miles per hour, totaled my car, fucked up my back. Uh, I can't talk too much about it cause the lawsuit's still going on, mm-hmm. but totaled my car. Uh, I got four bulging discs in my lower back. And so, um, For the first time ever in my life, you know, I I played college football for a year before focusing on acting and I'd always played tons of, I pretty much played every sport year round growing up. So, you know, if it was football season, I played football. Basketball season, I played basketball. I always wanted something to do. So I've always been very active. And during that month and a half in Cleveland, I had started working out again and, and taking the... Uh, advice from spider-man's trainer and uh so I, you know i was i was on a nice little path i'd probably dropped maybe 15 pounds you know it was early stages and um i was back here and for the first time in my life i was forced into um literally not being able to move i i, I was told I, I can't work out can't do nothing they told me you know, take these muscle relaxers, take these pain pills. Um, you know, take these nerve pills and smoke as much medical marijuana as you want. Mm-hmm. And so I was forced into this, you know, stasis where I got, you know, I couldn't do anything. There were days that I, I, like it was, I couldn't get out of bed. Like that's how much pain I was in. And so I started going to, to rehab chiropractor and MRIs and all these things so the insurance company is like trying to do what they can to get me back to wellness and I just sort of spiraled into a real deep depression of
0: the shit D Hill don't be saying that motherfucker <laughs> like not saying to a nigga like not even notifying.
2: <laughs> well, Man, I mean you know and those, and those, those times are hard well, it also like at certain times I uh Like I feel guilty at times. Like I, I don't ever want. Like I guess part of it was, and I know you wouldn't do this because we're good enough friends. But I didn't want people to be like, "What do you got to be depressed about? You just got done working with the Russo brothers and doing seven films in fourteen months." Like, again, I had focused everything on my career for years and not on health. Mm -hmm. And so now that I was finally hitting the pinnacle of a nice 14 month thing. And I was getting healthy and now I'm not allowed to like do anything. I couldn't do any physical activity. I was in pain when I walked down steps to this day and my lower back makes crunching sounds. Mm -hmm. And so I was just in this unique space where, um, I had a plethora of pills and uh, and nothing to do, and it was winter, <laughs> so I was hibernated like a fucking grizzly bear and angry. <laughs> and you know, then it's that time of year where, you know, once Thanksgiving comes, Thanksgiving to the end of January, ain't really many auditions happening, ain't nothing really going on.
0: Nah, people get the fuck out of here.
2: Yeah, so I just um, I just uh, you know I wasn't able to work out. I was on on pills and um, bunch of pills. And, um, uh, I was abusing medicinal marijuana and, uh, drinking way more than I ever have. Cause I'm not really a big drinker anymore. And then it got to my birthday. My birthday was February 9th. I met mean, some people, I remember saw you towards the end of the night when, uh, at residuals and went out with some friends and, um, had a blast, like, you know, did what you're supposed to do on a birthday. Get drunk, get fucked up, you know, all that shit. I and cringe when people say you get drunk and get fucked up. I'm like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm, Because I'm totally not used to that Not shit, a goal know. of
0: mine. And so, faded uh, story.
2: It, it took about three days to recover from that. And so it was like Feb- it was like February 12th or something. And I don't know. I just kind of sat there and I was like, you know what? I I was really in in this dark place and I was just thinking like, you know what? If you just keep on this path of being part of the opioid crisis, Mm -hmm. that's going crazy back East, huh?
0: Insane. My parents be
2: telling me about it like, man. And you know, it just, uh, I just felt like it was time. So yeah, February 15th, I always like to start things like, you know, the first or the 15th. It seems like the you know, starting on like the 12th just doesn't seem like a government cheese days. Yeah. So like, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm sure I probably went and did everything I wanted to do for three days. I'm, I'm sure I don't remember, but I'm sure I probably had in and out burger. I probably had some Del Taco. I probably did like all the little dumb shit that you do when you're not focused. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, February 15th, I, I went, uh, no pills, no weed, no alcohol, no fried food, no sodas, no processed sugars all the way until May 15th for three months. Damn. Yeah. And then that's when, you know, I was a month in and the quarantine hit <laughs> and I was like, nope, I'm not stopping. And then the gym closed down and I was like, fuck it. I can walk. And, um, and then I started hiking a bunch. I love hiking now. And uh different highs. Dip, totally different. Yeah. But high. Yeah. Yeah. Totally different high. It's, you know, the the whole thing of like a runner's high is a real thing.
0: It's real. And um you can get super into your session like training like oh, a psycho yeah. and you're like I could just keep going. I
2: could go for hours if yeah. I wanted to.
0: If I wanted to, yeah. I could just keep going for hours until I can't move tomorrow, but Right. <laughs> I'm in that kind of zone.
2: Yeah, so it uh, it you know it was it, it it took some getting used to with uh, not being able to go to the gym, but just finding a way to make it work and like so like one thing I was when I went back home and a lot of people was like, oh, you're back to playing weight, like you look like looking like <laughs> a lineman again, and um, but a
0: lot so a lot of people imagine someone it, it, like inadvertently calling you. Someone who was that enormous, right? <laughs> you look like a lineman again. You know how big lineman be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how motherfucking fat did you think I was? Yeah, no shit. You look like a lineman again. I'm like, what was up before? Yeah, what was up yeah, before? What was I before? Michelin? Like, what the <laughs> fuck was he trying to call
2: me, dog? Dang. Well, and you know, the speaking of a lineman, the guy, um, the guy from Remember the Titans, real big dude. Um, the real big dude from Remember the oh, Titans. Oh, um, isn't he jacked? Yeah, so he's, he's lost a ton of weight Or am I thinking about the cat from Varsity Blues no, Or is that the same cat? No, it's a different cat But you're, the one from Remember the Titans Has lost like 200 pounds And he's like Jack now Okay uh, Ethan Supply Yes,
0: yes yeah. that, that's, that's what I was reading up on He's he's fucking massive, bro
2: Yeah and our, uh, So we have a mutual friend uh, Joy McFarlane Producer who produced Wolf of Wall Street Got nominated for an Oscar And he's produced a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. He's from Louisville Joey is and me and Joey are 10 years apart. Yeah, went to the same high school, but never knew each other because we were 10 years apart. But Joey knows Ethan, and he, he you know. You go to Central? Uh, no, to Sales. To Sales, okay. Yeah, and, uh, but a lot of people ask me and Ethan if we know each other, but we don't. Because our journeys now with, uh, you know, getting healthy are similar. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, one thing that I that I remember when I first started, and this is, so when I went back home, Uh, For these past couple weeks, a lot of people kept asking me, you know, tips and advice, even people that I look at that I don't think are overweight, but they just want to be healthier. And so one of the one of the guys that I follow uh, who has an amazing YouTube channel is a a former pro bodybuilder named Stan Efferding,
0: Stan Efferding.
2: Yeah. And Stan Efferding created uh, this diet called the Vertical Diet. Um, His diet isn't sustainable for somebody like me, um, but it's a unique diet. And the fact that his his diet is all about um, uh, good, better, best. So, you know, if you can have bison, get bison. Okay. As opposed to, you know, ninety ten. Get elk meat. Right? Get bison. Yeah. It's like, like game. Yeah. So okay. his stuff's the vertical diet's always about trying to get the highest quality of anything. Okay.
0: Um, I started doing that when I get ground meat. Yes. I'm just getting elk.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> you what. Know, I can find it. I'm like, uh, i get
0: elk and make burgers.
2: Yeah. And I love bison, but, it, you know, it's it's not it's not inexpensive, you know. It's not bad. And, and um, so we, it's uh, so like I follow him. One of the things that he's done that's so brilliant is so he went, his claim to fame used to be that he was the world's strongest bodybuilder, which is a rare thing because a lot of bodybuilders don't, you don't have to be strong. You just have to know how to sculpt.
0: It's just hypertrophy. Right. Yeah. They're so, masters of that. So he knew. Strong, but not yeah, power. And so he
2: was the world's strongest bodybuilder. So he had like okay. two things. Well, since he retired, he's had a couple of different 1000000 dollars companies. And so now that he's all in on the vertical diet, he's, he's teamed up with doctors because he doesn't want it to just be from his word of mouth. So he did this big study with Harvard and he is a doctor at the uh, university of uh, UNLV because he lives in Vegas and they've worked with all these doctors and placebos and this and that. And one of the things that they found out was that people who were doing hour cardio a day. Okay. So, and most of the time when people say they do that, they don't really do it in the most efficient fat-burning way. So a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, I work out, I do an hour of cardio a day. What happens is they'll get on a flat um, treadmill or elliptical, and they might go kind of fast for like 15, 20 minutes. And then that other 40, they go so slow, they're not really burning much fat. I'm like if you can
0: read a book, a novel, a, a, a Daniel Steele novel, yeah, you while really you're going in ham? What the fuck are you doing?
2: Yeah, no. And so they they did this thing where they started looking at what if you broke up the cardio into just three ten minute walks a day, and the study was night and day the people who did an hour of just walking a day burned like half as many calories as the people who three times a day just took a 10 minute walk. And so the reason I bring that up is when I started my health journey back in February, that was the first thing I thought was, okay, if I can't fucking get up off my ass and walk for 10 minutes, three times a day. And they they uh, they say you're supposed to do it right after you get done taking your final bite of a meal. And that it also helps the digestion. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And I'll tell you what I learned right away. And this is something I was trying to explain to my cousin and other people back in Louisville. When I tell this to people that this is how I got... Nowadays, I'm doing 90 minutes hiking or... I lift weights and then hit the elliptical really fast for 30 minutes afterward to where I'm in between 135, 145 heart rate. And that's really the fat burning mode. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I tell people, especially when people were asking me for advice and I was telling them so many people either kind of rolled their eyes or laughed, or like I could just see they didn't take what I was (laughs) telling them serious. Because the thing is, so many people don't know how out of shape they are. I was so out of shape that I thought, Oh well three three ten minute walks. It's ten minutes. If I can't fucking walk for ten minutes, then what am I doing? And I'll tell you the very first day that I did it, you know, I got done eating my breakfast, so I took the last bite, walked out already had my stuff on, walked out the door, went walking i am telling you, when I got to, like, the four-minute mark, I was so breathing so heavy. Mm. My breath was so, you know, loud. My calves were on fire. My shins were on fire. I was sweating like crazy. And I got back, and, like, that 10 minutes felt like an hour. Mm. And then I was like, "All right,
0: that's um, your body's hour, yeah, of intensity."
2: And I and I just felt like shit. Like I can't fucking walk for ten minutes without like really, you know, persp- perspiring and like being out of breath. So then lunchtime I did again, dinner time I did again, and so I just so for like the first four weeks, that was pretty much the only activity I did. And I got back and and of course I think by about the third week I then I started doing three 12 minute walks you know I increased it a little bit and then I felt like I'd gotten back into a, and and I, I was eating clean you know and I took away all that stuff I was talking about and I got to a point where it was like all right well I know that I'd probably I probably dropped about 15 pounds in that month I would assume mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't weigh but I, I figured you know, I could feel the difference. And so now I thought, okay, which is what I'm about to say is something that keeps, it prevents a lot of people. I felt, okay, now I'm healthy enough to go back to the gym. I'm not going to embarrass myself in the gym. Mm -hmm. I have some breath to me. My legs are a little bit stronger. I've lost a little weight. Now I can go back to the gym and and not stand out like a sore thumb. And so then I started incorporating weight training. So then for the next two months, what I did was I was doing interval training. So I would do to, so the only purpose really of my first three months was to create stamina and to burn fat.
0: So creating a base.
2: Yeah. So for the next two months, um, I didn't do the 10 minute walks. I would do a 45 minute walk but at like a really fast pace, mm-hmm. like good pace, to where like I knew I was burning, and I would go lift weights. But when I lifted weights, what I would do was I would do four sets of twenty-five reps on eight different exercises.
0: So like circuit training.
2: Yeah. So that's and that's eight hundred reps mm-hmm. per day. So like, let's say I'm doing uh, bench press and bench flies. So I would do uh, 25 bench press, take 60 seconds off. 25 flies, 60 seconds off. And then once I did each of those, four reps of 25, then I would go to the elliptical and I would go ham for 15 minutes, as fast as I could for 15 minutes. Then I would get off the elliptical and I'd go to two different stations. So now I'm doing incline. And then after doing that, of um, two sets or four sets of twenty five, two to Then I go back to elliptical for fifteen. What that did for me was it helped break up the monotony of working out again.
0: That's what it seems like. Like the case you were building, I was like, this keeps him completely satisfied in every way. Yeah, with just enough of everything.
2: Yeah, and it and so like you know, I'd be lifting and I'd be like, fuck, this is hard, or like, oh my god, my chest is on fire, or whatever. But I know, like, all right, after two more sets, I'm back to the elliptical for 15. Mm-hmm. Then you're on the elliptical for 15, you're thinking, oh, shit, I got fucking seven more minutes to go. <sighs> but as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to the curl. You know what I mean? Do preacher curl or whatever. So I did all that for about the first three months. Um, and then the gym closed down. <laughs> and then... I was down for four or five weeks. So then I was just back to doing cardio. But now I'd worked it up to where I was just doing either an hour of walking every day, some days, 90 minutes. And then I got to a point where like I was feeling cause I was eating clean the whole time. I'm not smoking. I'm not drinking. And I got to a point where I, I would start having fun with it. So if it was 91 degrees outside. I would do 91 minutes of cardio, <laughs> like just little things like that. you yeah. know? And then there might be some days where, I'm out doing cardio and i'm dragging ass or my foot's hurting a little bit so you know if it was 57 minutes instead of 60 minutes well guess what that 57 minutes is better than zero Mm -hmm. you know Uh, but the whole time i was eating clean um you know i still haven't since february 15th i haven't had a soda and i haven't had fried food since february 15th so when i do have a cheat cheat meal or cheat day now, now they have me doing a completely different form of training. So now that I've, now that I created stamina, your now, place. now I'm building for strength mm-hmm. and for definition. Okay. So now instead of doing four sets of twenty five, I'm doing six to eight different exercises, and I'm doing three sets of twelve to fifteen.
0: And this is with your, um, your trainer.
2: Yeah, well, and, but I but I pull from a bunch of different trainers. Okay, so I work out all on my own though. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, but so now that like, so now I'm really starting to learn my strength because when I was doing bench press four sets of twenty five, that's a hundred reps. Well, now you're doing three sets of twelve, you bump that weight up a ton. Mm-hmm. So like now I'm doing like, like I, I just recently discovered that like, on, um, like on decline bench press. I didn't know that I could do 270 pounds, 12 times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't ever trying to. You know, I didn't know. So now they've got me doing uh, higher weight, less reps to build more muscle, to burn more fat and for definition. And so now my cardio comes in two forms. Mm -hmm. I do an hour of fasted cardio first thing in the morning. It ain't um, nothing
0: like training when fasted, man. You turn into a primal, different kind of animal.
2: And you know, I, I find that not only that, I do find that like some days, not always, but some days the first sort of seven minutes are a bit hazy and foggy. Um, but then once you break through that, you do hit that elevation, and and you do get this. Um, the blood really pumps, and the thing that a lot of uh, of industry leaders will say about the fasted cardio when you're like me and you're still wanting to burn fat is that um, you've been in that fasted state, like intermittent fasting, and now that you're doing cardio, um, you are tapping into your triglycerides, your fat stores.
0: Because you need uh, – like you because you're efficient, you yeah. need – Something to burn, exactly. And so now you're really burning the yeah. shit that you are
2: trying to. You ain't got nothing on your burn. stomach.
0: You ain't got nothing else nah. to burn, so it's pulling shit out of your bones. Yep. Yeah.
2: And so, mm-hmm. so I'll do an hour of fasted cardio in the morning, um, and I keep that at exactly an hour. Okay. Uh, that's usually really fast paced walking. Uh, they still don't want me running because of my back and the lawsuit and everything. Compression, so, compression, yeah. Compression. It's like I, I really can't even. Even at the gym, I have to be really careful on what lifts I do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They don't want me doing anything with lower back. I can't do any deadlifts. You know, I can't do squats. There's just certain things I still can't do until the lawsuit's over. How about leg press? Oh yeah, so I, I can do I can do things like that. Beautiful substitute. Uh, calves. You know, I can do I can do calf work. I can mm-hmm. I can get my you know quads on. Um, Body squats are incredible, man. Yeah, just
0: just Wrestlers like sumo squats. Yeah, yeah, just do like. Mad sumo squats. So mm-hmm. One thing you'll find Out real quick Is how strong you actually are Man. Or how weak you actually are no, How yeah, weak you actually are How weak you are. actually are Because you're strong At that motion in the gym That one motion But um, Sometimes And then let me know What What your Clock's like But um, You realize Damn I'm on fire already And I just started doing... Kind of like doing a 10-minute Body squat. Yeah, yeah. Where you go, shit, I'm that out of shape? But then you get to a point to where you're just doing that all day. Because because what you want to do is master moving your body. Mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of cats who ego lift forget about. They're just talking about moving weight in a certain... On just one plane, just just this. Like, all right, so you're good at pushing (laughs) at this very specific angle. And you can add weight to that way that you're pushing. You're not actually getting strong. Plus, a lot of that stuff. Look up. Uh, have you heard of like Pavel Tuscelyn? I want to say his name. Mm-mm. Name is um, his way of training is like um, you want your like you want to shock your body, but you don't want to. You want to give your body your structure a chance to get strong, mm-hmm. not just your muscles. Yes, because your muscles attach to the structure of your body, your musculoskeletal system, mm-hmm. right. But if you keep adding weight and add weight all soon, it's like, no, get dope at benching 225 for just so many times, right, versus someone who's like, yeah, I can bench 400. How many times can you do 225? You know well, what I'm saying?
2: And, you know, doing the super heavyweight like that, it really doesn't do anything other than show off. That's how I tore my left pec when I was college football your player. structure yeah
0: let um, your tendons catch up because they take longer Your like your tendons and, and ligaments take way longer, way longer to build up in density and in strength and in tensile strength than your muscles can make their leaps so your body outpaces itself and then it starts to pull itself apart and that's that, when the injuries come
2: i agree and that's why i also follow um there's an all-natural bodybuilder he's one, one of the more famous ones mm. ever existed his name is michael Hearn. Mike, Mike Michael
0: Bisping's working with him, yeah. yeah
2: so is so is my friend, who's a, a fellow actor named uh, David Meadows. Okay, uh, he trains with him, and a bunch of pro wrestlers, uh, Billy Gunn and his son. Um,
0: Billy Gunn and his son,
2: and the, <laughs> yeah, the Gun shows what they go by. Um, they uh, he's got a great YouTube page because they do daily videos, and they do it from his home gym, and they go in depth on. Uh, Supplements All natural stuff Why do you use certain supplements How certain ones Will benefit you at certain times a day Mm -hmm. They go a lot into eating the right foods At the right times I know Mm -hmm. you're like me I don't believe in a keto lifestyle Any diet That tells me That I can eat Sausage and cheese queso (laughs) And use a pork rind For the chip I can't eat an orange. Doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I don't buy any of that shit no. wholesale because you're an individual unit with your fuel requirements. Yeah. So you have to figure out what your timing is going to be, your mm-hmm. rhythm is going to be, what your goals are, what your performance requirements are. That's going to determine what kind of fuel you need, totally. which influences what kind of diet that you're going to have. Now, it's a now, lot of shit.
2: You know, maybe. Maybe if you're someone who absolutely can't get up off the couch because your back is so broken, you can't do any exercise, you can't even walk, maybe a super low or no carb lifestyle probably is good for you, Mm -hmm. but I eat carbs every day. That's another thing that I I tell people, like I eat carbs every single day, Mm -hmm. but it's all about eating the right carbs. At I the do right, explosive shit at like, the right time.
0: Yeah. Like if you do like Kung Fu, you need carbs because that's the, it's fast burning energy. It's Absolutely. Required for fast motions and well, explosive and if, things.
2: And if you don't, you know, it, if you don't eat simple carbs after you work out, you go into atrophy and burn the muscle you just built, <laughs> you know? So it's uh-huh. like, what's the point of working out? You, you build all this muscle and your chest feels strong you can go home and you can eat a plain baked potato. You can eat half a cup of white rice. You can eat if you wanted to. I don't. But if you wanted to, you could eat a little bit of pasta. Uh, you can eat a tortilla because you need that simple carb that's going to go right into the system, spike those insulin levels, and make sure that your glycogen gets restored. That's what I was going to ask
0: you. Uh, um, you seem to be alluding to that window. It's a finite window in time after you train. Mm-hmm. Where you got to gorge. You have to. That way you fill, because there's basically a, a glycogen depletion in yes. mass. So the cisterns are open so that you can <laughs> fill those reservoirs with as much glycogen as you can get. Mm-hmm. And that comes from, you know, those things that you eat and, immediately and, after. And, and that's what. Ice cream or whatever the fuck.
2: Well, and that's what keeps you sane, too. So, yeah. like, for me, the the protein shake that I make on the daily I have found a way to be able to make it to a consistency where it literally is like ice cream and
0: like it and like not literally dog shit. <laughs> yeah. Cause of like, with shit's misery.
2: Yeah. I, I'll do, I'll do eight ounces, unsweet vanilla almond milk. I'll do one scoop of my chocolate protein. I'll do one scoop of my PB fit, uh powdered peanut butter, whole bunch of uh, frozen blueberries, And one frozen banana. If
0: y'all don't jot this shit down, I'm telling you, man,
2: like (laughs) he ought to be getting paid to do this shit. Like You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, if you if you have a good blender Uh. and you put eight ounces on the milk, one scoop or 30 grams of of whey protein or whatever kind of protein you can be vegan, whatever kind of protein you want. I like to use PB fit because the powdered peanut butter, it has two grams of fat per two tablespoons Mm. versus 16 grams. Why not drink
0: a PB and J,
2: you know, and I put, uh, it's about four ounces of frozen blueberries, but I, I just do it to eyeball because Blueberries are great for you. (laughs) Right. Uh, And I do one frozen banana and it, and it literally, I've I've posted it on my Facebook before and people went crazy. It literally looks like ice cream. Hmm. So if I'm eating that every day, right after my workout, it also takes away any cravings I have for sweets for later on in the day or anything. Mm-hmm. And it's good for me and it helps restore those levels. And then within an hour from that is when I eat protein and, and another carb. And so like, I just always make sure that I'm hitting my windows and, you know, even in the, even in the morning when I do my three eggs and a bowl of oatmeal, just having that a slight sweetness from that oatmeal. It only has four grams of sugar, but it's it just that little bit of like it feeling like it's a treat. It it gets you through the day, you know?
0: That's an interesting point too, brother, because that's how I interpret that's how I've programmed my mind to interpret what a snack is. Mm-hmm. So for me treating myself usually now, I will get that that McDonald's apple pie. there's, like, there's nothing. <laughs> like when I do splurge, it's on a special kind of day, and I'm getting my three. McDonald's apple pies because I really think that they got some of the best apple pies on the planet, and this ain't even a plug, and they ain't paying me to do this shit, and they oughta. But I, that's the fact that matter. This early on in the podcast, life and existence, I understand this levels to this game, and I'm going to ascend to higher rungs, and I'm going to be having these pre rolls, mid rolls, and post rolls. It's going to be beautiful, probably a, a, like a mid roll. But anyhow, um what I do, like what I put in, inside of the house, is like stuff that's always going to benefit me in mm. some way yes so like when I get a hankering for something sweet we're country boys we're talking about hankerings and I reckon <laughs> uh, we're cowboys but uh, you know I got cantaloupe or I got pineapple in there or I'll fix a giant ass mason jar full of juice mm-hmm. like a mason jar and a half full of juice every day just about and, it, and it's got ginger in there and the turmeric to reduce all inflammation yep. cause I be inflamed like a motherfucker you know what I'm saying because of the way that I go about things Any, Um,
2: any, any industry professional in uh, nutrition, um, personal training, anybody worth their weight in gold that has anything to do with fitness will tell you that one of the hardcore rules is if it's not in the house, you can't eat it. Oreos aren't an option for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, yeah like, that's what I'm talking an, yeah, about. Yeah. If it's not in the house, you can't, eat, can't
0: it. eat it. I can't eat yeah. it. So I don't have a bunch of alcohol to drink. Yeah. I ain't got it. I don't buy it.
2: And for me, you know? like, I'm, I'm finally to the, like, when I first started, I would do a cheat meal about every 14 days. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, when I met Sylvester Stallone a couple years ago, he told me that one of the things he did was that Monday through Friday, he lived like a saint. And on the weekends, he did whatever he wanted. I've been having Shake Shack, double cheeseburgers. <laughs> but see, for mm-hmm. me, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. because the way my mind is and the way my body is, if I go ham all day on Saturday and I go ham all day on Sunday, come Monday, my tongue still wants that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I gave myself every 14 days is when I did a cheat day. And then... Um, I noticed that when I got to like that 14th day, I didn't really crave it taste wise. It was really just a mental thing to make me go, all right, you're going to have it. It'll be over with. And you won't, you know, you won't have any sort of cravings anymore. But now that I'm further along in my training and I've lost more weight and now I'm on a, a new thing. Now I can do it once a week, but I can do it. I can do it safely. And so one of the things Michael Hearn talks about is when you're doing a cheat, a cheat meal or a cheat day, some people like to just do it all day long. Um, some people believe in only a meal. The thing that I like about his approach to, to the cheat day is this. He talks about how, let's say, let's say Monday through Saturday, you do um, 2,500 calories a day about that, Right. Right now it's about what I'm doing, and I'm a firm believer uh, based on science and and people giving me information that you should eat a pound of protein per goal weight okay so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm eating I'm eating about 200 grams of protein a day I only have I never have more than 90 grams of carbs usually it's between 30 and 90 depending on what I feel and how my workouts go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really track fat because I know everything I'm eating is a good source of fat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but one of the things that I like Mike that he does on his on his cheat days, and you can like literally watch on YouTube on the Mike O'Hearn uh, channel, they'll film a whole cheat day, and it'll be like a thirty. They'll condense it to like a thirty minute. He's got former NFL fullback Heath Schuler hanging out in his crib, Billy Gunn, all these people. He talks about how. What he, and this is a guy who's arguably the most famous bodybuilder of all time, uh, and a natural one. He talks about how what he thinks makes a good cheat day, and he breaks it down why, and here's why I believe in him. He said that so many people on a cheat day, what'll happen is you'll wake up and you'll say, All right, today I can do whatever I want. So it's noon, fuck it. I'm gonna eat some chicken tenders, some fries, and a large pizza, right? And you eat all that, and then you feel like shit. Fucking garbage. Yeah, and you feel, <laughs> and then you feel like shit for like eight hours. Mm. So you go eight hours without eating, and then you might, you know, it might be eight o'clock at night, and you're like, well, I have to keep eating. This is a cheat day." So then they might eat like a burger or some tacos or something. And then you're full and you feel like shit again. And what has happened on your cheat day, and this, and I used to be that way, so I know what he's talking about. So what ends ends up happening on your cheat day is, number one, you're not eating every two to three hours and keeping your metabolism high. Number two, you're not eating in a window if that's another way you eat. And number three, you're still only eating about 2,500 calories.
0: So you just dramatically reduce the quality of the fuel. Yeah.
2: So, he, mm. so his thing is when he wakes up on a cheat day, he eats his same breakfast he always does. And his next, it's like his first three meals are what he would normally do, right? And then his final three meals, he'll do whatever he wants. But the key is he still eats every two to three hours. So what that allows him to do is so he's saying you know monday through saturday you do 2500 calories on your cheat day the whole purpose of a cheat day is to spike your metabolism so in order to spike your metabolism you have to go well above the 2500 calories
0: you got to eat like a motherfucker yeah
2: okay so he'll go up to like 4000 calories and but he still eats every 2 to 3 hours so metabolism's still burning fast and what happens is he spikes his metabolism. And so you get the things like meat sweats and, <laughs> and, and you get the things where like your body, you're breathing real hard when you're sleeping. It's because your body goes, holy shit, we haven't had to burn 4,000 calories in a while. So your body's burning really fast. But when you wake up the next day and you pull those calories back to 2,500, your body's still burning really fast. So it resets your metabolism.
0: It's a body hack.
2: Yeah, it's a body hack, dude. So It's a bio you, hack. you get all of your cravings in. You feel like shit a little bit. So you don't want to feel like that anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it resets your metabolism. So when Monday hits, you go back down to the 2,500 calories. And for Monday, that 2,500 calories is really getting burnt because your body's still used to burning 4,000. Mm-hmm. And so... I really like his method of that. I like the way he broke it down. Uh, and so I've been using that and I do find that, um, doing once a week and have it specifically on Sunday, Sunday is usually the day I'll take off resting. Um, especially when the gym is open because these quarantine hours, they close like four or something. Oh, for real? Uh, Yeah. And, uh, and like you know, I'm in. I'm in play fantasy football. So like Sundays a day where I can just chill. I can eat some pizza if I want to eat some pizza, bro day. Yeah, you know I can just kind of I can kind of do whatever I want. But I I like the I really like the format of being able to do whatever I want, but also with some structure to it. Mm. Like wake up, have your eggs and your oatmeal. You know, a couple hours later, have a shake if you want, or some steak and some green beans. A couple hours later, maybe have a protein bar and then do what the fuck you want the rest of the day because at least you're going to go over your calorie intake and really spike the metabolism and reset it.
0: Do you like to uh, do you have any training enhancements? No, nah, man, you, uh, cause I, do you because uh, do you train when faded, you know, and just smoke just
2: a little bit just to nah, coast on that? No, I don't, I, I know people that do. I love um, it. And I know people that love it. It's amazing. You know, the thing that I haven't I haven't been smoking, because here's the thing about me. Smoking makes me want to eat. I see. And drinking makes me want to eat. Mm-hmm. Drinking alcohol gives me the munchies just as much as smoking does. Mm-hmm. And so I haven't really been keeping any herb in the crib um, except about once a month. I'll make sure that that one specific cheat day you know, I'll do a gummy or I might, you know, go buy a little. Um, but I, again, I tr- for me, you know, not everybody's different. But for me, I can't have it in the crib. I see.
3: Because
2: if it's in the crib, I'm going to want to smoke it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, then if I smoke it, I'm going to want to sit down. And I'm going to want to throw on Fast Times at Ridgemont High or something. Like <laughs> me, something that just makes me laugh, you know. And I just want to have chill. Yeah. I, Hamilton. I just want to chill, you know. It's like, um, but I will say. Um, Jeff Spigoli. <laughs> before my weight training sessions, I, I haven't done caffeine for a, a long time. I, I'm, I don't drink any caffeine at all.
0: Yo, it's been so long since I've had a coffee or yeah. anything. I like to have natural energy. And I know that that's a natural thing to get energy, but it's an infusion. I, 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 and I, people like, get addicted to it. I like to rely on my body's ability <laughs> to generate and yield energy.
2: And and you know what? Me, you know I agree. And see, the thing is, I'm a very happy person. Mm-hmm. I love life. I love my career. Um, overall, especially right now that I've I've gotten past the dark side, <laughs> you know, like things right. like things are really like I I don't hate my job. So when I wake up in the morning, I don't need coffee. Right and, to drag you and out of bed. And, and there's so many people that are like, "Don't talk to me till I have my coffee." I can't function yeah. without coffee.
0: That's the first thing. First coffee, and then...
2: Yeah, I think uh, the last time I had a coffee or a tea that had caffeine in it, or even maybe a soda, uh, even when I w- was drinking soda, it would always be like ginger ale or something that didn't have caffeine. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I had a coffee, it's been about a year and a half.
0: What kind of ginger ale? This is important. There's
2: well, only one. Uh, you're probably thinking Werner's. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which but, means no for you. Well, I, I don't mind Verners, but it's hard to find the diet Verners that oh, okay, doesn't man. have the high because fr- I, I don't do half fructose corn syrup anymore either. I feel that, man. But um You do what? But Verner but I'll tell you what, Canada dry's okay, but, but uh, I'll tell you yeah. what, Verners Verners is an elixir where we come from. Yes it yeah, is. Like, like it's it.
0: synonymous with like yeah. Saint Bernard's with <laughs> the fucking barrel around her neck with <laughs> I believe to be Verner's inside of it, <laughs> rescuing your ass, your bitch ass in the Swiss
2: Alps. Yeah, all you need is all you need is some Ludens, some yes. Robitussin, and some Verner's, some tussin to rub on it. Yeah, on a couch. Tussin on it, that's it. A couple days, you would be good. You know what I'm saying, you,
0: you know, what I'm saying, your stomach a little upside down. Get your little Seven Up, some saltine crackers. That's it. From Zesta, <laughs> some Zesta saltine crackers, or some Townhouse. That's it. When you want to get gourmet with it, yeah, a little buttery you know townhouse. Just, just a little bit of butter, you know, the buttery Townhouses. <laughs> But uh,
2: mm. I, I think the last time I had a, a cup of coffee was like a year and a half ago. I was at a, um, I went to a meeting or something at Aroma over on Tahunga, which is one of my favorite spots. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just like, yeah, I ain't had coffee in a long time. Yeah, you know, I'll do a little, and it was an eight ounce, you know, little small eight ounce black coffee. I'm telling you that that meeting was at like noon 30. I didn't go to bed till like 5 a.m. Because I don't drink caffeine. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I, when I do have it, it just. Really what
0: do we do with this? Yeah, it kind of jacks me. So. I don't want nothing I need six of to sustain a regular yeah, I don't, human's I don't energy. Want
2: no, I don't want no crash.
3: Yeah.
0: I, don't want, I don't want to need seven of these.
2: And and I don't, you know, and that little stuff, like five hour energy, that battery acid shit, you know. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Yellow jackets and all,
2: Rhino yeah. XL and all that so shit. So, like.
0: No, I think that's a dick pill or
2: something. And, I, and I, I looked into, like, pre-workouts, but most pre-workouts have coffee bean extract or, you know, or some sort of caffeine. So, mm. Um, I asked around to professionals and they were like, dude, try eating an apple 30 minutes before lifting weights. Like a fucking banana. Bro, I'm telling you, when I eat an apple 30 minutes before working out, my energy sustained all the way to the end of the workout. If there's a day and it happens every once in a while where I forget, I get all the way to the gym, I'm like, oh shit, I literally feel a difference. Like, what happened to motivation like
0: people <laughs> pre-workouts like there's a whole industry dog of oh. like pre-workouts to make your skin levitate from your from your fucking bones to get you prepared to work out oh, I'm like yeah. dog what happened I'm a psycho what happened to uh, motivation Damn. and inspiration like that and some people goals like, and shit
2: and some people <laughs> like example you know I might ask on Instagram or Facebook like hey just curious if anybody has any caffeine free pre-workouts that you really like right and I'll get people that'll DM DMing, DMing me and be like, this has caffeine, but it makes my face tingle and I love it.
0: I hear too much about motherfuckers' skin. I don't want that shit, man. Hey, man, my pre workout makes my skin, it, I, it's like a motherfucker. No. I'm like, I don't want an allergic reaction to, to just have enough I energy ain't to, trying do to have heart
2: palpitations yeah. while I'm fucking a bench pressing. Pre workout? Yeah. So I, the the only thing I do is I uh, I do a apple honey crisp apple thirty minutes before working out.
0: I love apples, man,
2: and I do too. Honey and honey crisp, you get them at Aldi. It's seven of them for three fifty, bro. You ever had an envy? Mm, I don't know.
0: It's one of it might be <laughs> Earth's finest, most perfect apple. You know how they synthesize these shits in the lab or something like they be cross pollinating to create the ultimate apple, like oh, yeah. they do Pokemon and Monster Rancher, <laughs> like. uh the envy apple is the finest apple I've ever come across. okay, the gala's close, and the Fuji the gala overtook. Yes, I'm an apple guy like i'm a I love apples yeah. like truly. sour apples were cold, but then once you really get into your apple bag, yeah, you're sa- like All right.
2: sour apples for me is just for juicing with yeah. like romaine and ginger and maybe you know some
0: celery. The envy is the finest apple to eat. Mm. it's great juicing, but it's kind of a higher cost apple it's yeah. it's like a It's an exotic apple to me. Mm. Um, The Pink Lady is dope. There's a Pacific Apple that's amazing. Have you had the Honey Crisp? I wanna. I'm thinking no, because I would have known. I would have (laughs) known.
2: Man, when I go to, I go to. I'm pretty much these days. I sound like old man, but I pretty much only shop at Aldi and Costco. I Mm -hmm. get like the bulk of my protein at Costco because it's high quality and really affordable. Then I get everything else at Aldi, and Aldi has. Honeycrisp apples, like and they come in a bag. There's like seven of them, and they're three fifty. Mm-hmm. At a place like Ralph's, it's like two ninety nine a pound. Man, people forget about that good old fashioned
0: classic. It's a Detroit, like it's a Michigan apple. Red delicious. The red delicious.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: JC,
0: it made his day I when I was like, that. hey man, I actually circled back. To uh <laughs> you know, that hood apple that uh that red delicious. is like, Hey man, that's the D all day, that's Michigan. Yeah, man. That Red Delicious has one like one of the deepest flavor profiles. It's just a beautiful red thing. Yeah, it's the one that you put on the teacher's fucking desk, <laughs> according to white people. You know, like that's the motherfucker that you sat there, said yeah. fucking Red Delicious. And um it's beautiful. And that's the one I probably juiced the most. Is that mm. one or the gala
2: apple yeah gala and fuji are, are pretty solid choices and um yeah man i, I somebody hit me to it um friend a friend of mine who's a former he served in the military in afghanistan and now he's a detective uh he went from being a police officer now he's a detective
3: mm-hmm.
2: real good dude and he's jacked and he's all natural and uh he was like yeah because so I was getting ready to buy this, uh, Michael Hearn has some products, and one of his products is made by BPI. It's called Pump, and you take it before your workout. And I was telling telling Chris about it, and he said, yeah, that's a good thing. He said, but just try, try using an apple, too. And I'll tell you what, man, it, it makes such a difference that uh, I just... Um, I, I get mad the one every 20 times that I forget to eat it before, before <laughs> lifting.
0: <laughs> Man, this is about to be some bullshit. Yeah, like
2: that. Like that's how much more energy it really does give me.
0: That's one thing I miss about the gym, though, specifically is that heavy bag I told you about, mm-hmm. that tight bag, so that I can just do like five, six rounds, five minute rounds of just ripping just the most insane kicks possible nonstop. And then go and just sit in the sauna and levitate.
2: When you know all the saunas are closed down now. Cause, oh, you couldn't pay me yeah. to even go
0: if, I'll, if I'll it was think, open I don't right think now.
2: saunas are going to be open again until like summer of twenty 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 three. you're Like, dog, that's the worst place to be. Yeah, I don't think.
0: You're in a hot-ass box full of people you can't escape from unless you leave that
2: joint. <laughs> somebody going to have to find somebody out there listening need to come up with a... A new inventive sauna. Yes. Like where viruses can't penetrate. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But there got to be some sort of hot box you can make. Yes. That that either kills virus or something.
0: I need a hot box. Like the sauna is so critical to me. And I'm obsessed with the sauna for meditation purposes. It's so good for your
2: skin too.
0: For your skin, man. It reduces it just reduces inflammation on a systemic level mm-hmm. every possible way. Yeah. It'll reduce that. I also, I'm in meditating. Yeah. I'm not thinking
2: about nothing. No, I ain't got my iPhone in there with me. Nah. Motherfuckers, Motherfuckers got music iPhone, playing. That just melting. Then, and then the iPhone goes overheated. Bro, goes like, the metal components inside yeah. the shit melting. I'm like, their whole shit's melting away. Nah. Nah, bro. I'm I, in I there. usually go in for like 15 whenever, whenever I can. At the end of the workout, I like to go in for just like 15. But I tell you what, the the L.A. fitness I go to here, it gets so crowded in this fucking sauna. And these fucking, these like, you know, teenagers will come in there and they want to like talk the whole time. I can't stand
0: cats who want to have conversations yeah. in the sauna. And then most, Shut your bitch ass up, And then up, motherfuckers
2: man. will be playing music on their phone, no headphones. I'm going like, that ain't what this is about. You know, I need to be like on best of the best. Yeah. When you got Day Han in them. <laughs> and, and the, the, under the waterfall in South Korea that's my son experience
0: for me that's yeah what i'm, saying, I'm levitating i'm not even touching the fucking yeah. earth man i'm i'm in lotus and i'm fucking levitating on some kung fu shit like i'm sitting there levitating and i'm in i'm not even thinking about thoughts anymore and i'm really, trying to get rid of those and
2: really to get past like 15 minutes like if you're trying to go beyond 15 minutes you
0: got to be in another zone you have
2: to go to a different zone you got to
0: go to another place yeah you know
2: it's just like when when somebody you know, whether it's a COVID test up your nose or when they draw in blood and they put the needle in your arm, just to take that breath and remind yourself that pain is all temporary. And it's the thing of the mind state and just sort of get into a different zone. Anytime anything is involved in that, sometimes you have to do it even when you're just working out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to do it for an audition. You're exhausted. You're done, you know. Maybe you was ripping and running all day or something else happened, or maybe you're one of the lucky people that has three or four auditions in one day, and you get to the fourth one and you're so tired, and maybe you you know didn't do so well on the last one. And you have to get into a different zone.
1: You have mm-hmm. to be able to,
2: you know, channel out the pain, get into a deeper place of self. And in a sauna, you trying to go past fifteen minutes, you've got to go into a whole different realm, man.
0: Bro, i out of How long up. you be
2: sitting in there for? Well,
0: I started with like 10 to 15.
2: Yeah, I, I really can't do more than 15. I kind of like
0: to dive in. I don't like to build or oh, seven minutes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just telling myself, I'm like, nope, don't be a pussy yeah. sitting there for 15 to 20. Until your soul, like your spirit starts to scream and go,
2: eject, nigga, get (laughs) out of here. We
0: need to get out of here.
2: Sometimes I'll stand up from sitting and go stand by the door because the door has a little bit of breeze coming through.
0: (laughs) I actually just go deeper into myself. Mm. Pause in a weird way. Um, I just go even farther inward. And I'm like, all right. Right. Because you're thinking about the pain part. Now I'm thinking, though. Mm -hmm. And that's not what meditation is. It's not what it's about the better you get at it, the less you're processing thoughts or like the better like the more control you get over your thoughts. You're just like, nah, don't need it. Don't
2: need it. Don't, what, need, it. don't really, need it. And really really after about the fir- for me, after about the first six minutes, I quit feeling the sweat. Like the first five, six mm-hmm. minutes you sweat a ton. Right, you're like, and you gotta constantly kind of, you know, pull it off yourself and wipe your face. But then really you get past that six minute point and it's like your sweating slows down.
0: You don't feel the discomfort. You don't feel the discomfort. You know where you need to be. Yeah.
2: And, and you, 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 can, you can actually feel if you, if you can reach this higher plane. And I know we might sound hippie-ish to y'all listening, but you can literally get to a point where you feel toxins coming out. You feel your scalp getting more pure. You feel your face getting more pure. And for somebody like me that has rosacea, it, it helps a ton. Mm-hmm. So I've hated that I haven't been, been able to go, but Bro, it's been shut down.
0: I don't want to have to go through the sauna lifestyle anymore. Right. My crib. I'm just speaking this.
2: I'm just speaking this. you going to have one in here.
0: I want a mother. It's, it, it it needs a sauna. Like a sauna room. My
2: cousin has one in his basement.
0: Yeah. I just need one just of those. A little wooden one. I think you want to fit need. two people
2: in it That's all you need That's all I need Yeah
0: You know what I'm saying and He ain't got <laughs> no
2: ventilation for it or nothing I don't know He'll Probably put one in here somewhere You
0: know what I'm saying Like I just need a, That needs to be a feature of my house You know you what I'm saying You make it happen Like just period it has got to have the sauna And I'm going to be in that bitch every day mm-hmm. 20 minutes 25 minutes It's about to be hot as fucking yeah, air this 50 degrees My
2: cousin has one in his basement And his dad My uncle has one in his garage Mm-hmm And he'll go swimming in his pool and go straight from his pool right into the sauna. I'm telling you, bro,
0: like, you're going to be salamander smooth well into your 40s and 50s
2: and 60s because. Salamander smooth. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. Hashtag salamander smooth.
0: Salamander smooth. On that note, man, what's your socials like, man?
2: Yeah, man. So you guys can find me on, um, really, on Instagram. Uh, D Hill actor, D-H-I-L-L actor,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, IMDb, uh, Daniel R. Hill. You got to throw the R in there because there's a British actor who's like 65. He was in a bunch of stuff before me. Uh, and so he already had the SAG name of Daniel Hill. But uh, yeah, go to my IMDb, Daniel R. Hill, you can see um, photos from uh, premieres that I've done. You can see what else I have coming out um, right now. You can see the film that I did with uh, Anthony Mackie, Marsha Gay Harden, and Frank Grillo on Netflix. It's called Point Blank.
0: You worked with Marsha Gay Harden, yeah, man.
2: I love her, man. Oh, she's great. Did you see our work in The Mist? Oh yeah. Come on now, <laughs> man. I mean, anytime you get to work with an Oscar winner, it's it's a, a blessing, and she was great, so sweet. Um, yeah, but we still text to this day. Uh, But yeah, that that film is called Point Blank. It's on Netflix. It it came out last summer. It was Netflix's big, you know, summer uh, action film. Mm -hmm. And it's now been seen by over 70 million people. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be doing a sequel to it. Um, I get to play a really fun character on that when they put my hair in cornrows and.
0: You were cheetah, right?
2: Cheetah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had cornrows and gold chains and tats and it was a fun role. I saw the um, BTS. I was like, look at this guy. Yeah, man. I- and I love playing roles like that because so many people in Hollywood, you know, they see a white dude from Kentucky and they don't know that you can do stuff like that, you know? So that was fun. Um, Rust Creek, which won a bunch of awards. Uh, and had a great theatrical run. Uh, Rust Creek is is still on Showtime now, so you can catch it in rotation on Showtime or watch it on Showtime on demand. Um, was that with you and Amelia Clark? Like which one was that? No, the one with Amelia Clark hasn't came out. Okay, yet. I yeah, that, you that, that was we, it, I don't know what's up with that film. We we finished that in two thousand sixteen.
0: Miss Targaryen to you,
2: yeah, the Queen of Dragons, the breaker of, of chains, yeah. the mother of dragons. Now she was cool to work with too. That that film's called Above Suspicion. We finished that in the we finished filming in the summer of 2016. Um, and from what I understand, you, when you go online and look it up, the the writer seems to be kind of frustrated with things because it's taken a while to come out. I believe there's been some screenings in like Abu Dhabi in some places, uh, but no official release. Okay. Um, so I don't know what's going on and it's none of my business. Maybe it'll never come out, who knows? It's just one of those things.
0: No, you'd be like that sometimes.
2: Yeah, and you know, and then there's you know, there's other films like you know, I, I was fortunate a couple of years ago to, in twenty eighteen to work with Mark Ruffalo on this film called Dark Waters and uh, my scenes were with Mark, and I was cut from the film. And it's like he was cool as hell to work with. Like I got I got a picture with him, and uh, we had a great time on set together. And if I see him again, I think we'd pick up right where we left off. But
0: are just that kind of guy, though D. <laughs> well, like, I appreciate it. D. Hill is just that kind of guy, man.
2: But you know, sometimes you just get cut from a film. Some you know, sometimes like uh, we don't need those scenes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So,
0: or like the way that the editor. And the right, they're in the, the the editing booth. They find this new narrative within the narrative, and they're like, yeah. "Okay, I don't think that his character's necessary. Yeah. We don't
2: need that anymore. six minutes or whatever." Yeah, yeah. So, we don't need it. and but I think it's I think it's yeah. important for people to to know that even you know here towards the end of this, you know, I know we're wrapping this up, but you
0: know, uh, this ain't the last y'all about to hear from my brother. Like,
2: <laughs> I don't know if y'all
0: know this, but we boys, so he about to be right back. It's all good.
3: Sure.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So he's a D Hill actor on mm-hmm. Instagram. Flock to that um, channel there on Instagram. Send him any questions, inquiries, whatever. Don't fucking bug him, please. But just <laughs> do follow him. Do show love and respect because he's next. He's right here. You know what I'm saying? And he, he, he hasn't slowed down since and he damn sure isn't going to. You know what I'm saying? Not even in this pandemic. We build right here, right now, like as we speak, still putting in work. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. And hopefully you've uh, enjoyed this podcast. Uh, We've only just begun. I'm going to just be honest. I'm super excited about it and we're getting better and better each and every episode, which is what happens when you do a thing a lot. You know what I'm saying? And so, if you have any questions, uh, inquiries, um, content, submissions, anything like that, You can reach out to me. I'm Monkey D. Trevanti on Instagram. And also, you can email me those things at I mean, I as an igloo, I mean pod at gmail.com. And I'll put that in the description as well. Also, is IMDB link to Daniel R. Hill. Extraordinaire. And uh, stay tuned for the next one, baby boys and girls. I'm telling you, I I love y'all. And uh, wash your fucking hands. Wash your hands Sanitize Put your fucking mask on You know what I'm saying It's not all about you And just be safe out there Stay safe, alright Make some solid fucking decisions Y'all feel me yeah. yeah Y'all know nothing about this shit y'all,
1: y'all know nothing about this I step in rooms where niggas don't know who I am Leave out felt, that's on me i got that shit in my pants but i know my belt is on me mm-hmm. i know my niggas like wait they'll hold me down if i say couldn't hold me back if they tried i'm six five stepping twice your stride if i marched in place been the light in the darkest place stayed in the sun i need that darker face to see me now. it's not the peter parker face but niggas eyes wide i wouldn't call it spidey senses it's the sticky fingers especially when i'm around a goofy fly guy i got that fear guy too Invested that first quarter advance from BMI 2. 1967 Mustang is DIY 2. Bought it from five racks, put 25 in it. Got a new bitch with a shoe switch. Now it's me and my boot, Typed it in all capitals. Maximizing capital. Business ain't capital. Never spoken low.